Indian and cowboy, indigenous, independent, and listener-supported, rooted firmly at the intersection between digital media, podcasting, and indigenous storytelling. Welcome to Otmem Sue Esquera Kitsigisigo Committee in Space! 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 Chelsea Valnitsigason. Molly Swain Nitsigason. Mantusakarinik Nitotsen. Oh, Tuskonik Nitotsen. Oh my god, we got through it. Yeah, we did. Oh, it's yeah. been a really long time. I actually forgot how we do this. I know. I don't even know why I remembered. Yeah, that's actually really impressive. Thank you. Um, I've been having like stress nightmares about doing this episode because it's just. I feel like I'm going to have stress nightmares after doing this episode because this show was so scary. Okay, the show was scary, definitely. Um, but yeah, no, getting back in the saddle, so to say, so to speak, is yes. uh, is uncomfortable and my butt is sore. That's okay because we are brave uh-huh. to do it. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's a joke that will come, you'll understand the punchline later on. Later, if you remember the joke in the first place. Yes. Yes. It's not actually even very funny, but whatever. It's hilarious. Um, so let me just... Move this. Oh, we, I guess our mini 12. Oh, God. We took so many very important notes like this time. 12 pages. It's, it's redonk. I only took four pages. Chelsea was very loquacious. I, I am loquacious. I guess I just really like this pink gel pen. It's really nice. I know. It's great. Like, looking at your words, they're so beautiful. I know, except I, I'm not very good at writing by hand anymore because everybody types all the time. Mm. And so, like, I can kind of read my writing. But... I feel like it's it's better than my writing. Okay, but when I'm actually writing, I feel like I'm drunk trying to write because it's like I, I feel like I don't have the fine motor control that I used to. It's true. And yeah. so I'm and then like, your hand gets all cramped. Yeah. Really fast. yeah. And I'm like, I'm trying. I know that I can write nicely, but my hands like. <laughs> and also, like your writing is so much slower than typing, so you're just oh like, God. go faster, go faster, I, and yeah. then your hands cramping up, and you're yeah. like, it's seizing, and your fingers are going everywhere, and you're like, no, I can't grip the pen. I actually hate it. But if I were typing at the same time as watching, I would probably do like verbatim notes and then I get carpal tunnel. Yeah, So it's totally. like lose-lose. Yeah, this, well, this is, I feel like that's a lose-win. We're in a less carpal tunnel space at the moment. Mm, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. The carpal um, tunnel will come when you're like finishing up writing your thesis and editing your thesis. Oh, stop talking about my thesis. You're, you won't even be able to feel your hands. Oh God, I can't You'll believe I'm not be done. Like, Keep going. Oh my okay, I shouldn't have brought it up. Yeah. So the reason, the reason that we've had such a long hiatus, don't hate us. Uh, we'll blame it on academia, which just sucks out your soul. Yeah, you and leaves you with no time. Basically everything. Yeah. It's, but also, it's always justified. And it's terrible. Yeah. Um, we so we tried. Uh, to do an episode. <laughs> we tried so, we got so into it. We've never gone in so deep. Yeah, we were like we excited. One. Really experiential, right? Yeah, deeply, yeah. <laughs> Our methodology, we, we just like, it was immersive. If you will. Ah!
So uh, there was this light show that was showing at the local science center called Mesoamerica. Yeah. And we were looking at like the the sort of the trailer for it, and it looked like it was it was going to be like highly appropriative. You know, yeah. like we, Mesoamerica, yeah. and then it was like showing all these sort of like Mandela-looking things and being like, "Journey inside your deepest self, yeah. and come out the other side, a new self, or some or weird some crap like that. new agey stuff." And we were like, "This is going to be amazing, Mesoamerica!" Like I was expecting just all sorts of like fake Aztec imagery yes. and like yes. maybe like a laser buffalo going across the laser oh. prairie into a laser sunset or something. I know, I know. So we 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 figured that we were gonna like love hate it and be able to talk so much smack about it. So we had some edibles and like went and watched it and it was the worst thing. It was like an hour of Windows 95 (laughs) like screensavers. And that was only the good parts. Oh my God. The rest of it was, it was just, it was like these, you know, sort of like trippy, um, weird images. And then this guy, this like guy with an English accent giving you like life advice or like spiritual advice every once in a while. Like go into your mind. Yeah. Welcome to Mesoamerica. That's my only more douchey. I can't even. Yeah. yeah. Governor. (laughs) (laughs) If you, if you can't do the accent, just throw in some governors. Pour pour a cup of tea in Mesoamerica. (laughs) Please sir. Can I have some more? Can I have some Mesoamerica? But I was like, so I was like, oh my God, is this like for real? But somebody else in the crowd started laughing. <laughs> and that was so, that was, that was very affirming. Cause I was also like, I, I kept looking at Molly and my husband was there too. And I kept looking at him and being like, is this for real? This is so bad. It's so bad. And it, the whole thing was like sold out in a million theaters yeah, seen by it was expensive. thousands of astounded viewers, like blah, blah, blah. And yeah, it was so pricey. And so we were like, oh okay, God. but it's going to be perfect for yeah. our and then we got out of it and, and we were like no we have nothing to talk yeah about. there was there was like hints of imagery but never like full-on like so there's nothing that we could talk about nothing so we wasted our brains our our, our hearts our souls our edibles yes on this ridiculous like i mean the bike ride home crap. was good yeah the bike because ride. we were still high and still laughing about it but but i think that this is precisely the kind of like faux spirituality that people in crystal valley would be super into yes oh my god you're giving away what we're doing i know okay but before shadow before we do that i think uh you need to tell us about this wine that we're drinking yeah okay so i got this wine i also just want to tell the story because it's it's about the wine because the wine's really good and really inexpensive but it's also about the liquor store Mm. so talk about the wine first so this is the first thing you see is organic wine Mm. sort of like in gold from behind this like crowing rooster (laughs) And it's the Adobe Reserva Carmenere from the Emiliano Organic Vineyards 2018 edition. Adobe is a line of organic reserve wines that reflect the highest quality of the vineyards and a deep respect for the environment and its workers. Everything we use to make this organic wine is of natural origin. I mean, so is poo. Yeah, you're not wrong. Mm. Also, like... What isn't of natural origin? Yeah, like think of one thing. Like, like literally, t- tell me one thing that's not of natural origin. Because I mean, even like stuff that we talk about being like man-made or it's like artificial. Origin. Yeah, it all comes from. Yeah, it's all nature. It's all. Yeah. It's all like molecules that exist anyway. Whatever. Anyway, so it's a good wine. It's like ten dollars at my liquor store. But from what? Oh, it's it's Chile. Okay. Yeah. So like, yeah, it's from Chile. Chile. Okay. Um, and it's ten dollars, and it's a Carmenere. Ten bucks. I know. So I find it like it's full-bodied. It's sweet, but not too sweet. Mm-hmm. Like deeply drinkable. And mm-hmm. yeah, ten dollars for a good organic wine. Like I'm pumped about it. But the best part is, so I recently moved out. It's very sad, very tragic. We're still in mourning. 
Yeah. Although the new I, apartment's great. Yeah, you get this? Molly no longer lives with us. I know. It's weird. It's, it's like, a, it's actually legitimately super, it's super weird. It's super weird. Um, but, so we've got this liquor store about two blocks from our house. And the first time I ever went there, I walked in and there were these two native women in front of me trying mm. to buy some booze and they didn't have enough money. Okay. And I was, and they were like, they, I think they were down like a buck 50 or something. Oh and they didn't have money. So I'm like rooting through my purse so I can get them a buck 50. I'm like trying to find change, blah, blah, blah. And... Like, the, the, the two people that work there, they're both, like, men of color. They're chill. But I was like, there's no way. Like, especially in our neighborhood, mm-hmm. there's, like, so much racism. There's so much mm-hmm. bullshit. I was like, there's no way, like, you know, they're not going to give these women this wine if they're short on money. Yeah. But they did. They did. They, gave, yeah, nice. they did. Nice. Yeah. And they were just like, don't worry about it. Like, keep going. Yeah. You know, like, go enjoy yourselves. Enjoy your delicious alcohol. Like, awesome. da, da, and, like, went on their way. And it was, like, super chill. And, like, they didn't make a big deal out of it. And I was like, this is my liquor store from now on. <laughs> See, that's all you got to do. Just yep. like treat people like, wow. Treat people chill. Yeah. yeah. Sweet. So that's Cheers. why I brought this uh, wine today. And yeah, it's it a makes good wine. it all the sweeter. All right. Nice. Mm-hmm. Mm. So Chelsea, what are we watching on this fine July afternoon? Right. Perhaps as punishment for moving out. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> that was I convinced the wimpiest Molly uh, in the world to watch Chambers. The original Netflix uh, series, um, which is unfortunately canceled. And yes, and that's basically all I knew about it going in because yeah. I basically read the premise, which is she gets this heart transplant and she starts having like weird hallucinations. And I was like, nope, you no, can't no, watch no, it. No, 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 yeah. no. So people were sort of like really excited about it because the lead character is indigenous and that's the first time that's ever happened. And yeah. I was really wanting to watch it, but I knew it'd be too scary. So. This was sort of the excuse that I needed. Yeah, I was like, but you got to watch it anyway. So yeah. suck it up, swing. I did. I sucked it up so hard. <laughs> so I have never felt so brave in my life. Yeah, yeah. There were there were some moments where she like curled up on the couch, like no, I'd like hit her face. It was yeah. great. I held the I held my paper. I held my notes. My mini my mini notes. I held it right in front of my eyeballs. Um, so I binge watched it. I'm also pretty wimpy. So I just like, yeah, I, I binge watched it sort of like in the middle of the day. Uh, and, and it's creepy, but it's not like, I find it's not like overly creepy. In fact, the creepy bits are less about like what you're seeing on the screen and more about like the relationships between the people. Yeah. I was getting like some really intense get out vibes, especially in the first episode. Oh yeah. And I feel like for the show to be continue to be scary in the way that I think it's scary or probably you know yeah. may turn out to be scary it's the get out vibes that like uh-huh. sort of the intense alienation of sort of like the class and race differentials mm-hmm. between the characters and the way yeah. that like particularly these upper class white characters are like interacting with one another it's yeah, yeah it's super creepy it's cool so um yeah. I so at first we were just gonna watch one episode but I was like let's watch two so and I was like I was like <laughs> okay but inside I was like no, I really gotta do what I did. But yeah, because it's it was hard to choose an episode uh, because I figured you couldn't just ju- like we made that mistake with um, with Twin Peaks, right? Oh God, what a, and what a what a mistake it was. <laughs> that just, one like, will go down in infamy. Yeah, to watch like something like well, in that case, a finale, but like something so far into the series when you don't have the background. This is a weird enough show that like I was like, okay, no, we got to start at the beginning. Yes. Uh, so the first episode is called Into the Void. Mm-hmm. And uh, the synopsis is Sasha's night of teenage fun with her boyfriend leads to a near-death experience and the opportunity of a lifetime uh, from a wealthy grieving couple. And episode two, mm-hmm. which I think we should just do both of them. Yeah, yeah, in yeah. A row. Yeah. So episode two is called "Right to Know." Confused by her powerful connection to Becky, Sasha digs deeper into her life and death. 
Meanwhile, Nancy clings to a cherished keepsake. Mm-hmm. Top way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so can we talk first about Sasha's night of teenage fun with her boyfriend? Because <laughs> I like that. That is such a strange description for Sasha's like. Yeah whole project right which is like to lose your virginity yeah which is that a night could you teenage like, has fun. that ever been described by anybody who's that's happened to as a night of teenage fun with their boyfriend uh yeah like old people thinking about teenagers getting it on i guess a night of teenage i don't know i don't know, weirdos. I don't know. It is, it's weird eh? it's a weird thing night of teenage like who wrote that <laughs> no let's talk about sasha's fingernails Okay, really yeah, let's awesome. start with her manicure. Yeah, yeah, loved it. So She's always looking great with the, the manicures. Yeah, so she starts off with these, like, really long, like, pointy yellow. And they've got some rhinestones on oh, them. Oh, yeah, the... so good. And then later on, she's got, like, the, you know, um, very the colored. Blue. Like, yeah. Yeah. It, which is interesting. So colors, I really, it's, uh, this is the second viewing for me. So colors really showed up a lot. Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of, like, atmospheric music, but also the colors seem to be really important. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, so I, the, the nails are interesting because uh, her and her, her best friend, uh, Yvonne, did this sort of plan to have, like, a, a nail salon in the laundromat. Yeah, mana. What is it, mana mat? Manny mat. Yeah, Manny mat. Yeah. yeah, so great. Which I think is so cute. And great. I know. I love that. Yeah, I love that. Um, but it's sort of like treated by i just called him her frank yeah we don't really know what her relationship is to frank he's, yeah. he's clearly some sort of father figure mm-hmm. uh so her frank clearly um thinks that she can sort of do quote unquote better, better. yeah it's uh, not, with this dream yeah. um but yeah that's that's her dream and so she's always got these beautiful nails yeah which i also feel like is a very sort of like native femme thing yeah but i also yeah. found it interesting because she's not super femme in the rest of what she is yeah. like wearing and doing but she's always got these beautiful nails so yeah, i thought yeah, that yeah. was a great touch yeah uh so the scene opens up with her and this is like her big project. And I'm really like, I actually, I was having a lot of like thoughts about this. Cause I was like, you know, she's 17, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's a Netflix show. So it's got that HBMO thing. You have a lot of nudity. Like there's like, you see them having sex and stuff. And I was like, I don't want to watch teens have sex. Like, Although there wasn't ugh. a ton to be fair, like compared no, to a lot a of yeah. like, you, there's like one shot of full frontal. Well, not full. Like, you, you see her breasts yeah at you one see point. Some, like you get some boob shots yeah. and like all this other stuff but, but i was kind of like at first i was like oh this is like ugh, ugh. but yeah. then i was like you know what how particularly for native women mm-hmm. how often do you get a healthy good narrative of sexual agency for yeah. native women yeah parti- yeah particularly native women so yeah. it, you know she's sort of like the one sort of pushing for this instigating this yeah. like really like keen. Who's just like seems like just a really sweet accommodating nice person yep. Uh, is very much like, are you sure you want to go through with yeah. this? Like when she says, uh, when they're finally like there and they're they're about to get it on, she says stop. Yeah, because she starts having this heart attack. She says stop. He immediately stops. Yes, 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 um, yes. And make sure he's okay or she's okay. And like yeah. he's really trying to give her a lot of space and like make this about like kind of her agency. And yeah. so does the show. The yeah. show is all about her agency. Yeah, it's never about him. She's the one who's making this happen at every stage. Yeah, and I've never ever. I've never seen a show. I've never read a book. I've never right. like encountered any sort of media where that's what the narrative is. So I thought that was actually really amazing. And there was no slut shaming at all. Like, no. Not from her friend. No, not um, from not, Frank. Not from Frank when she tells him. Like, yeah, there's none of that. There's none of the, like, this, like, shaming. Yeah. Like, you should be, yeah. Yeah, not from the boyfriend. No. Who's like, why, you know, he's not never like, why would you want to have sex after you almost died? You know? Yeah. Never, like, there's none of that. It's yeah. just like, this just, is a totally normal, natural thing, and we're going to do it, and yeah. we're going to make it as good as it can be. Which seems like not a big deal, but it really is. It's such a huge deal. It really, really is. Like, uh, like I compare that to my own experiences as a teenager, like, around sexuality and stuff, and like, yeah, there was just so many weird like not good messages 
you know, like consent was never discussed and like mm-hmm. sexual sexuality among like, you know, girls was like totally not okay. Only, you know, boys are allowed to be sexual and mm-hmm. yeah, super the messy. Th- the other thing that I loved about it is that she is a little bit older. Mm-hmm. You know, her friend talks about how, um, mm-hmm. she lost her virginity when she was a little bit younger, but again, no slut shaming yeah. at all yeah, yeah. around that, but she's a little bit older, but I also really like that. She's like, you know, she's native and she's like, you know, low income, mm-hmm. right? But I think there's this, there's also, there's all sorts of class and racial dynamics yeah. also wrapped up in this. Yeah. That like if you're poor, if you're racialized, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to lose your virginity early. It's probably going to be traumatic for you. It's not going to be something that you enjoy. Right, and that's right. sort of, you know, almost like the expectation. Yeah, that's right? true. Eh? For, for, um, like especially young women. Yeah. Right. But I think, yeah. So I love that this narrative is sort of pushes back against that mm-hmm. and creates these other options. It creates yeah. space for that not to be the narrative yeah and it creates space for like young men then to behave in the way that this boyfriend is behaving. yeah exactly which again should be the norm yeah. like and i think if you if you've sort of like if if this is the norm for you you won't even notice it but like mm-hmm. yeah i think i think um that part of the story was really powerful just because mm-hmm. of the way that it normalizes consent and totally. agency and all that yeah that's yeah. a good point that's yeah. cool and so yeah and so basically like yeah to sum up at first i was like Ew. I don't want to uh, teens, yeah. uh, and then I was like, actually, this is really cool. Yeah, like I'm actually, message. yeah, and also just like it's her project. Like this is what she wants. <laughs> like she's like so she's like totally mm-hmm. fixated on it. You know, she she has this heart attack, and then basically like the first couple scenes after she gets out, she's again she's like going to see her boyfriend. She's like, let's do it, let's yeah. do it, let's do it. You know? and he's like treating her with kid gloves, sort of like I don't want to hurt you, and she's like, stop doing that like i'm yeah. fine you're not gonna hurt me uh Let's make he, this happen yeah, yeah he he gives he he gives this guy shit for smoking he's like hey my girl just had heart surgery and she's like don't like don't do that yeah like i'm, I'm fine yeah um but you know fine he, and ready to get it on although to be fair to him they were like starting to get it on oh, and she has a heart attack totally. and dies and like he's like running through the okay wait yeah. we should just get into this yeah so yeah okay so, we should talk about the mattress store thing because the mattress store thing is so funny <laughs> That's so funny yeah 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 okay um so yeah, they're on their way for their you know their little tryst. Yeah. Tryst. I don't know. How you I say think that. it's tryst. Is it tryst? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. It's spelled like tryst. And so one of his, I, I I don't know if it was his uncle or whatever owns a mattress store. Yeah. Somebody owns a mattress store. Yeah. So he steals the keys. Oh, I think it's his dad owns a mattress store. So he steals Maybe. the keys, and he's like, pick any mattress you want, baby. Like <laughs> so funny. California King. Let's do this. But the funniest part is he brings like candles, candles, and I think he had a bouquet and, of flowers. Yeah, flowers yeah. and all this, these like nice little things. But he doesn't think to bring a sheet to put over the plastic. Ew, yeah. So they're gonna have sex on this like sweaty, gross, gross plastic. plastic. Yeah, uh, which it's fine. They're Whatever. fine because like you know when you're about to lose your virginity, you're not thinking about the plastic. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then she has a heart attack. Yeah. So then he's okay. So. Uh, there's this big thunderstorm. Thunderstorms feature a lot in, mm-hmm. in everything here. Yeah, the storms are yeah, big. I love it. Uh, very, very prairie-like, even though this mm-hmm. is Arizona, right? Uh, but a lot of similarities with like the flatness of the landscape. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so he picks her up, and he's like carrying her around, uh, and he takes her into Screaming a laundromat. Yeah. yeah. And she, I, I think she like flatlines there. Yeah. Um, so then... We, we next time we see her she's rubbing ointment on this like huge chest scar right yeah. so she's and obviously like, taking buttloads of meds she's got meds oh, on meds yeah. on meds like a whole handful of meds yeah then she goes to school and kids are making fun of her yeah calling her like frankenstein and stuff which is and bizarre then, yeah well no it's totally not like kids are jerks man yeah i guess yeah I mean. Like, like, oh, you almost died. That's hilarious. Let's make fun of it. No, yeah. that's totally plausible. Um, and Yvonne, who is just like... The best friend. Yeah. And one of my favorite characters, like Yvonne, has this 
super cool trajectory in in this series mm. um she's like like at first she's just like the best friend right yeah. but like but she she just comes into her own throughout the series like she's she's super smart she's whip smart um you know she she's really cares about her family she takes care of her mom who has dementia like all these things like and she's just like a really good friend yeah she's ready to throw down she's like these you know I'll like yeah she's like i'm gonna fuck these guys up <laughs> um but i also like yvonne because while sasha gets really really fixated on sort of everything that's happening like mm-hmm. with this family and with becky with her own situation yvonne's kind of the one there being like get back to reality yeah like this is like you just need to move on mm-hmm. like you shouldn't give this more weight than than you need to yeah which i feel like often is missing from horror yeah it seems like like in a lot of horror that i've seen everybody's yeah. just you know well either oblivious oblivious yeah. completely to it which yvonne is not yeah you know um which you know fosters that sort of like sense of isolation and, and unease in, in mm-hmm. the main character or uh, or overplays it as well, yeah. you know, like hypes it up. And yeah, yeah, she's just sort of like the, the you know, the voice of reason throughout. Yeah, which actually like in some ways makes it almost scarier because she's almost like a foil to sort mm-hmm. of like, she can't, in- she doesn't entirely understand yeah. like how Sasha's experiencing this. Yeah. But I, I do like that she's there like trying to be as supportive as possible, but yeah. also being like... Pull her back from the edge yeah, of, like, of getting too obsessed about it. remember, you know, that there is real life out here and stuff. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure as the show goes on, that becomes more and more difficult to do. Um, there was like this flaming hot, like there's this running res- joke yeah, on I flaming hot Cheetos, which, which is, is so funny. Hilarious. Cause I remember like, I remember the first time I got to eat flint. Cause like in they uh, you don't get them in Canada. Do you remember usually. when JFK died? No, but I remember the first time okay. I ate flaming hot. hot Cheetos. I remember hearing about it all the time. Right. Know, Cause right? They're, they're a thing in the States. Right. Yeah. And they and were then, huge in the States. Everybody's yeah, talking about how good they are. For sure. And I, I think we had like, we have these good ones. They're like jalapeno ones. But I was at Ganawage, and the stores there had the Flaming Hots. Right. And so, like, I bought like a million Flaming Hots, and like just like ate them for days. And they're so they're good. so good. Like the jalapeno ones are good too. Yeah, they're okay, but they're but like, they're, they're not. They're like, not on the level of Flaming Hots, no. and they're not that nuclear color where no. you, you know your insides are coated with that like totally that like it's it's hot because orange. It's like you're being cooked by the radiation. Oh, so good. Yeah, uh, but I love that little detail, and mm. this is a thing too. So uh, Sasha, you know, like. Her, so the 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 woman who plays Sasha, Simon Rose, who is also on Twitter and is hilarious, mm-hmm. um, is res raised, and and it's so obvious. Yeah, like just like there's like these little mannerisms and like her accent isn't isn't that ridiculous put on res accent yeah. that a lot of actors do. It's just yeah. like real subtle, real understated. Um, but also like, so she's super young in this, but every once in a while she gives off these like massive anti vibes. You're like, everybody knows somebody like, like her, like Sasha, totally. you know, or she's just like really doesn't take any shit and you know, yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, totally. Great. Like I, I fully was like in real life, she must have like a bunch of nibblings running around. Yeah. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Like for yeah. sure. Yeah. It's great. Um, so TJ, their boyfriend is all freaked out. She's like, TJ, you got to chill out, man. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, we love each other. Like, let's, let's do this. Like. It's going to happen. But she clearly also, like, you know, she has some tension with her Frank, um, who, like, you know. Well, oh, wait. So, okay, so Frank, Frank first. Well, but. okay. But, like, Frank is so huge. Like, love, he's so I muscly. How, like, massive. Yeah. I want to know Frank's back. Like, yeah. Frank was totally running with the gangs or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, know? yeah. Like, like, there was some hints that... I, I didn't know. I didn't get that, like, that Tent City reference. Like, is mm-hmm. that... Was that, like, a jail you know, like, yeah, was he know. like, did he work in corrections for a bit or something? And yeah. yeah. Or was he, was he in jail or maybe, yeah. he, 
you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I don't, yeah. But I, he's I'm also like sure rocking the beard. Yeah, uh, and, like, but like full neck beard. tats. Yeah, like massive arm yeah. tats, and like I don't know if those and are long real hair. Yeah. or if like they're make because like they look mm-hmm. like whoever did the makeup on that is yeah. like if they're not real, did a great yeah. job. Yeah. Um, and just like weathered. You yeah, know? that's that's it exactly. And so he owns this aquarium store called Wet Pets, which is hilarious. <laughs> I love that. Um, okay, so she walks into Wet Pets, and uh, there's this white dude there, Ben Lefevre. I love that because it's so the anglicized. Well, Lefebvre. I also found it interesting because yeah, because like yeah, or Lefevre is yeah, like how Lefebvre. I've heard it. Yeah. Um, but I love I love the idea of the Lefevers because mm-hmm. like this idea of infection, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And like it, this show is like it's so interesting because I feel like they really took the time to put in all of these little like clues about yeah. what's what's actually going on. Yeah. And it's I'm sure it's the kind of thing like watching it again. The second you're like, time, you're like, oh, Easter egg, Easter egg. Yeah, totally, know? totally. So it's Ben Lefever. Yeah, and he's the father of oh, of yeah Becky. Becky. <laughs> but I mean, like Becky, I I, can't, I couldn't get over that. So the white girl that also had to be on purpose, right? The white girl who died and whose heart is now in Sasha is named Becky. Yeah. And I, it, it's just hilarious every time I hear it. Um, so funny. <laughs> and uh, then he says all this super creepy shit. Oh, yeah. Really? I, I was like, I was sure that he was going to like try to do some like super creepy sexual shit to her because of the way that he was like just introduced yeah. himself yeah because it, like, so he's not skin to skin oh yeah you know, that, that was I so was creepy like, oh god like, yeah he's apparently there's he says there's rules about like he's not supposed to meet her mm-hmm. um but he says rules only exist to keep us from feeling how we're supposed to feel or yeah. something yeah like that like if i was if i was frank in that moment yeah, i would I'd like punch that guy out oh, i would yeah. break him across my massive knee <laughs> so i'm just like i like skinny finish like, him. white vegan or whatever <laughs> just, just like, like pull his fucking spine yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah anybody anybody talks to me to my kid they're like they're out of there um but anyway but for whatever reason that's not it's like apparently the creepiest shit anybody's ever said no i guess not um so and so ben basically says like he wants becky and frank to come over for for dinner he called her him. becky no sasha oh sasha oh well, for an <laughs> um but sasha and uh and frank to come over for for dinner at their house right and their house is in this place called crystal valley crystal valley yeah uh, and whatever um and sasha is kind of like i'll think about it yeah which smart move because yeah, yeah if some like super creep said shit like that to me i would mm-hmm. i would never give him a straight yes or no i'd be like maybe in the i'll call you yeah well <laughs> you know? i mean like two somebody had to die for her to live right so there's yeah. got to be all sorts of like guilt and weirdness around totally. that and so yeah. wanting like do you really want to know the family like yeah and 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 uh sasha and frank talk about that too yeah. you know and he's he seems to think that there is a bit of an obligation on mm-hmm. on her part he says in four hours the entire universe had to conspire together to save your life right but i like that idea of conspiracy as well like so is it a gift? Is it a curse? You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's it, right? It's like, there does seem to be this tension where there are a bunch of people in her life who seem to think that this is something like this, this whole situation is, was a gift. Yeah. And she should just be grateful. And she yeah. should just, yeah. And, and be able to move on. You know, at one point, um, Yvonne says, you know, this is your heart now. It's yeah. not Becky's heart. It's your heart. Yeah. You know? And so there's a bunch of people trying to sort of like put this reality onto her without mm-hmm. entirely knowing what it is that she's going through. And she, you know, makes it clear throughout the the show that she doesn't think it's her heart. She doesn't yeah. necessarily know how to relate to it. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, not everything is great. She has to repeat a grade. She has to take all these meds forever and ever and ever. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's the way that people kind of treat her. Like, mm. yeah, it's all that. Yeah, everything's changed. Which, like, when you're a teenager, you know, 
mm-hmm. that kind of thing's hard enough. Oh and, my gosh, I can you even know, imagine. Presumably, like, it, it seems like she was on the verge of maybe graduating or something, yeah. right? So the fact that she has to stay back in high school and yeah, so. all this other stuff, you know, that kind of massive change is already going to be really hard. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's talking about how she feels guilty. And what she feels guilty about, you don't know, mm-hmm. at least at this point. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it becomes more clear later, but it seems to be more than just guilt about the situation. Yeah, because at first she, like, this is when she tells Frank that she was trying to lose her virginity. And so right. at first I was like, oh, she's she's admitting that she feels ashamed because that's what she was doing. But actually that never seemed to play out. It wasn't, no. she wasn't like, it wasn't a confessional where she was like, I was doing something wrong and I was punished. It was more just like, you know, this is what was happening. Uh, and I didn't even know, like, like I didn't realize it was happening, yeah. um, because this other exciting thing was happening. Yeah. So it was kind of, yeah, it was, it was weird. Yeah. And Frank, Frank is clearly a little awkward about the whole yeah. thing, but again, but he, he doesn't, doesn't say anything. Yeah. He doesn't. And that's the thing is yes. like, he doesn't sort of put him, he doesn't center himself in that conversation. Yeah, just keep it. He's keep just it kind yourself. of like, I wish he's clearly just like, <laughs> I wish I'd never heard that, but like, yeah. okay, it's fine. Like it's happening. Um, so anyway, so they he convinces her they should go to the they dinner. Go. Yeah. And then there's this scary scene where she sort of like she she wakes up in the middle of the night. There's a lot of like times where you hear the heartbeat. That's like definitely part of the mm-hmm. soundscape. Yeah. Um, and it all, all always sort of like heralds something, you know, is going to happen. But yeah. so she wakes up, her heart's beating. She seems sort of like like it's almost like sleep paralysis or something. And then yeah, you she, see like across from her is Becky is laying in bed with her. You just see her face like right across from her face. Yeah. Yeah, and then she wakes up. Yeah. Um, and it's it's this nightmare. And at that point, she's never seen a picture of Becky. She has no idea who this person no, is. No, she did because Ben Ben brought in uh, some family photos. So she, oh, did she, he, yeah, did she would have seen. I feel like I missed that part. Yeah, she would oh, have okay. seen like a, a picture of her at least. But okay, I see. Probably like, I doubt she examined it enough to have, yeah. have her in that detail. Yeah, totally. And so I was saying, like, I used to have weird sort of like waking nightmares almost like that. Like when I'm in bed with my partner, I will suddenly wake up convinced that my partner is somebody else. That is so creepy. Yeah. And it's like, like somebody that you know or a stranger? Somebody that I know. Okay. And somebody who it's like really inappropriate for me to be in bed, like a okay. friend of mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like, oh you know, God. like a the supervisor or like not like an academic supervisor. Yeah. Thank God this never happened. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh God. James you know, like, like in a, in a, oh God, uh, <laughs> knock on wood, knock on wood. Um, but like, you know, like a supervisor at a job or something. But you're awake. Yeah. And I'll wake up and I'll sit up in bed and I'll be like, I need to get out of here. Like I need to figure out what's going on. And like, it's gotten to the point where I've actually gotten out of bed and gotten dressed before I've re like sort of snapped out of it and been like, this doesn't make any sense. But did, did, did they look like the different person or you just, it's like that dream thing where it's like, doesn't matter what they look like, you know who the person is. Well, it's dark. So you can't really, so either like they're not facing me or it's dark. Right. And so it's like, you can't really tell who it is. That is so weird. It's super, super weird. Okay. But this, and this is like a real, this has happened for ever since like people have been sharing a bed with me. Oh my gosh. Okay. But, but Molly also for a period of time when she was attending McGill used to fall asleep with her arms like horizontally, oh, yeah. like over horizontally her. up, yeah. And then yeah. I'd wake up, and my hand, my arms would be completely numb, and I'd be like, "How do I get them?" And they would stay there. They yeah. would like her arms would just stay in the air. Yeah, because I couldn't get them down because they were so numb. I was like, "How do I?" But move how them? do you fall asleep? And they don't just flop down like no that is well, so that, bizarre. Well, I feel like I'd, I'd fall asleep with them up. I just wake okay. up with them up. So at some point in the night, I would have oh, put them up. That is it's so super, weird. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Just, your subconscious is weird. Yeah, the so, body is a weird space. Yeah, so basically, like, this whole thing, this whole horror movie thing, or horror show thing, mm-hmm. and particularly in this one where she wakes up and she sees 
people that she doesn't know or she sees people yeah. that she doesn't recognize or that shouldn't be there, I was like, oh my God, me too. <laughs> like, wow. Okay. Yeah. So I, I was having like a moment there. Cannot say the same. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're driving into Crystal Valley. Uh, okay. Love the name. It's, it's oh really, God. it's really like uh, ham handed in a way. Like totally. So we see, is it supposed to be Sedona? I thought it was Sedona. Oh, maybe. Initially, right? Because Sedona's supposed to have all those electrical vortex yeah, vortices. Yeah. Right. Uh, and like apparently there's lots of crystals and art and white people just in the middle of the desert. Possibly. So, but I don't know. But apparently it's called Crystal Valley. So yeah. I don't know if it's supposed to be an analog or what. I don't know. Or just, I, I, I like the fact that it's just like really like, <laughs> so you see like uh, people doing yoga, very, very obviously like, yeah. you know, upper middle class people yeah. everywhere. Um, and then, so uh, Sasha's zoning out. She's in the car and somebody bangs on the window and it's this old woman and she's trying yeah, to sell. Yeah, looks just rough. Yeah, is selling a, a dust a dust mask. And then she's like, you don't want it in you. You don't you want don't her want in her you. You don't want her in you. Yeah. And then she buys this dust mask and she's like, what? And then she opens up and there's this big black crystal in it. Oh, I, I totally missed that. Yeah. That's and, so funny. But the crystal never makes a real every appearance, so I don't really know where that's at right now. Okay, crystals in Crystal Valley. But yeah. And then Uma Thurman. Yes. They rock up, and who's there? Uma Thurman. Who is super weepy throughout this whole thing. Like, yeah. It's actually like, kind of annoying. <laughs> well, it's kind of annoying, but I also found it quite scary. Yes. Like it's, it's Her grief is scary. Yeah, and I don't know how she like, manages to... But it's like she's so sad she could do anything. Yeah, you kind of feel like... Because she's like... She's constantly, her eyes are red and she's like breathing, you know, shakily. Sort of erratically and yeah. she's a bit shaky. and All the time. And she seems really sort of like everything she does, she almost does compulsively. Yeah. Like, take this dress, do this. Oh, yeah. don't talk like that. Like, duh, bah, bah. You yeah, know? you keep expecting like, her to become like suddenly super violent or something. Or, yeah. or do something weird to herself. Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. And just be able to, and just like, she could just justify it however she mm-hmm. wants because she's a white woman. Yeah. Right? But she maintains that weird tension throughout mm-hmm. the whole show like at, at first i thought it was something that would fade and mm-hmm. it really doesn't it was yeah it's a it's a weird it's a weird choice it's a weird performance but it really works to hide like sort of heighten the the tension and, and the the fear yeah 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 and, I, and that's the thing is like i couldn't figure out who was scarier mm-hmm. in it was it like the husband like the ben guy who's like super or... weirdly calm and says weird inappropriate things yeah yeah, yeah. And, and seems to be like in in this like very sort of like upper middle class white dude way like incredibly domineering and controlling yeah or uma thurman who's like this weepy, unhinged overwrought yeah, yeah slightly unhinged you know like mm-hmm. so they both i think they both like held that really well yeah but again it was like that sort of get out feeling yeah where it's like just foreign or alien enough that you're constantly just off but it's balance. like it's that duality right and duality yeah. plays really like strongly throughout all of these themes like the opening sequence um, you know, Becky's and Sasha's faces are melted yeah. together. Um, you've got like the duality of like, uh, res off res experiences mm-hmm. and, you know, the class, the yeah, you know, poor and like mixed and that, race and mixed yeah. tribe and yeah, yeah. All of that. So, yeah. and so sort of like the first thing that they're talking about, like, Oh, what should I wear to this? You know, they're both like, like the, the Ben in particular, <laughs> the guy is like clearly kind of nervous about this. He's like, should I wear a jacket? She's like, no, a jacket makes you look too rich. Right. And like, so he's like, just wear a t-shirt. And he's like, oh, I'll just wear a t-shirt. Lol. Like, like, yeah, it's it's your clothes. Yeah, that's not what's your gonna, mansion. That's gonna be the problem. Yeah. And so they they roll up and the house is just 
ridiculous R- huge yeah and like yeah totally ridiculous and they're coming from i don't think they're on they're off the res they're off the res they're, they're, they're at a not, place called cottonwood but it's yeah. like this liminal space between the res and this and like, this like crystal valley yeah. like white epicenter of weirdness but i love i love cottonwood because so sasha's neighbors with yvonne they're like right across from each other but their houses are real like they look mm. you know like mm. often okay you, i i hate uh i hate watching like movies and stuff where the supposedly poor like writer lives in new york this beautiful yeah, totally. you know loft and stuff yeah. like that so here I, I really appreciated how the houses were very familiar like the rundown you know um her her bedroom looks like a teenager's bedroom yeah. like and not like a posed bedroom like we see like becky's no, yeah. becky's bedroom is very different it's very like um in that sort of way that you expect to see in in shows but yeah. sasha's bedroom is a real bedroom yeah like, totally she's got not this rich. like little yeah. single bed and yeah. like her messy dresser was stuff yeah. piled on it i love and, it like, yeah no i really like that too whoever they got i don't know like and that's the thing is i don't know if indigenous people also wrote the show but whoever yeah, they sure. got to consult on it oh, or yeah. or who did the writing like little really, details yeah were great like, like yeah. the feathers on tj's uh rearview mirror yeah and his I like, like uh dream catcher sort of like just like thumbtack to his wall yeah i, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. that one too yeah, yeah. and yeah. just like the blankets that they have in the blankets yeah yeah like i was like whoever did this did a pretty good job i know i know like, that I was, I was pretty impressed that's that's the thing is like throughout the whole thing and you know obviously we didn't watch the whole thing so we didn't get to see all the native stuff but there mm-hmm. is a lot um you know and and like not apparently not all of it's super accurate like from a Diné perspective but like a mm-hmm. lot of it really resonated because there's things there that you wouldn't even notice uh if you're not native and so it just like it just blows right past you but those right. are details that they included anyway and so it felt like this show was for us mm-hmm. which we don't get very often and so yeah. i did i, I appreciated those little details yes. and especially too when the main character is a native woman mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um who actually gets to speak yeah how many times have we seen that like never never <laughs> never I, like i think actually not since quantum leap and she wasn't the main character no no she wasn't yeah so this yeah, was well. like yeah, like this was a banner day for us. I know. All right. Um, okay, so where were <laughs> we're we? never gonna uh, get through this. We're so excited class. about these I know. things. Yeah. Uh, so then, oh yeah, they have the most awkward dinner ever. Oh, the worst. And their son is just shitty. Yeah, their son is like this spoiled rich kid who's obviously and so who's like trying. He's like doing that thing where he's like trying to like almost like slum in his own life. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's so embarrassing. Yes, yes, and he and. He does this thing where that white person thing where he like calls his parents by their first name. And so Sasha's really like adamant, like, you know, Ben was like, just call me this or whatever. She's like, no, nah, don't you're, you're Mr. Lefebvre and you're yeah. Mrs. Lefebvre. And yeah. 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 Um, but he's like, yeah, whatever Nancy. And like, yeah, <laughs> just, yeah. just want to like shake his, and what did you call it? Like rich boy mullet? Yeah. He's got like, this full on rich boy mullet. Yeah. Hate it. Hate it. Totally. So he's like the, like my this... mom makes me get a haircut. So I get a haircut that makes it look like I don't get a haircut. <laughs> totally. Like, oh my God. You so suck. they're, they're kind of interrogating her. Like, and it's interesting, all these like classist assumptions, like the, the questioning is, is is weird because like you know what kind of extracurricular activities are and you she's into like, what i run around the block extracurricular yeah. yeah oh you do track like what do you do long distance she's like i run around the block eight times yeah so medium distance and they think it's and like some sort of clever joke yeah um she says that she's been living in cottonwood since she was two and a half yeah two two and a half uh and the dad or not the dad because we don't know if he's the dad but the frank the frank um is so funny because they get out of the car to go into the house <laughs> and she's like Something like, holy shit, there's a huge fucking house. Like, yeah. He's like, you can't talk like that in this house around these people. And then he looks at the house and he's like, but shit, this really is a big fucking Yeah, house. totally. And then he's like sitting at the, he's sitting at the uh, table and he like, I can't remember what he says, but he's like. He just swears about some something. motherfucking something yeah. or other. Yeah. And so it's like, he's clearly also like the tension is also from that class difference. Yes. Which I also thought was great. 
right? Because there's so much of this that's sort of like almost satirizing the sort of poverty porn savior narrative, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is fantastic and, and sort of like so the the sort of interrogation that you're talking about yeah, yeah. the tensions in the dinner like how frank is trying to navigate it and how ben's trying to navigate it because yeah. he wants to seem cool and relatable oh my god totally you know? like totally the whole thing is like it's it's yeah just made so, me cringe the entire time with yeah. like that secondhand embarrassment like totally. of, like of being there and just like it's it just it's not a it's not a good time yeah um yeah so oh yeah can we talk about at promise oh god that's the worst phrase i've ever heard but it's like also kind of the best i know because it's like it's like we don't want to say at risk anymore yeah 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 it's like clearly like some committee voted on it or something so basically like throughout this conversation they interrogate her and then they sort of like they come out with it and they've endowed a scholarship to the local high school which is sort of like seems like some kind of weird ass white prep prep school school. yeah um when they don't do conventional sports Right, yeah, because the they do fencing. Yeah, they do fencing. Uh, but yeah, so they've they've endowed a scholarship in Becky's name, and they want Sasha to be the person that takes the scholarship. Right, um, and uh, they're basically saying, you know, you'd get in there great, um, or you get along there great, and uh, you can do all this stuff, and it'll give you so many opportunities. And then they refer to her as an at promise kid, <laughs> not an at risk kid. There's other at youth. promise kids like you there. Yeah, oh my God. I was like at at, at promise. promise? That's amazing. Yeah, and it's like, oh my god, it's, it's like just it's incredible. Like, yeah, it's like such a sort of like <sighs> bullshit you know, white youth liberal intervention yeah. industrial complex Fuck. phrase. You know, like yeah. unreal. It was really bad. It was really bad. But it was it, that was also a great detail because it just made me like vomit in my mouth. Totally, totally. I was like, no, yeah. And uh, Nancy's like, of course she wants to go. And they're in this weird room. It's like this weird like meditation space or whatever. It's gorgeous. Like yeah, obviously cost this big really square bucks. window. Yeah. And Ben's like, there's the haboob. He's like using like I don't you know, just like some phrase that he picked up from another language that yeah. he uses because he's decided he's a one with nature. Or well, something. I'm pretty sure that's like an actual feature out there. But No, I think yeah. I'm sure it is. Yeah. And I, but I don't know if it's cuz I've also heard um like there's a lot of different Arabic words as well for different oh. kinds of winds and stuff, and I thought okay. that might be an Arabic. Oh, okay. One, but I don't know. It could be. It could be Dene. Yeah. Um, and then there's this massive dust storm coming in, and they yeah. get these. Everybody gets an alarm on their phone, and so it turns out that sh- they have to sleep over because it's too dangerous to drive away. Yeah. Dun dun dun. I was like, I would be getting out of there. Yeah. I was like, they these white people somehow manifested this dust storm. Yeah. It's super creepy. Like it's so creepy. Uh, da, da, da. So okay, so she, they're in they're in this gorgeous guest room, yeah. like beautiful, ridiculous guest yeah, room. It looks like an incredibly high end hotel. Yeah, and Frank really takes this position that this is all great. Like she should be happy. This is where she talks about the nail salon idea with Vaughn. She's like, I don't really want this. He's like, you know, you got to realize that this is a this is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then is the this best the part ooh, where he says like the heart attack. Yeah, it's the best thing that ever happened. happened. And she's like, what? But then is this also where he says that thing about like, I got off the res, you can get out of here. Yeah. Right. And so that sort of generational thing, that idea of this like upward mobility that certain people in past generations sort of ascribe to and people still often ascribe to. That distance from the res means success. Yeah. Yeah. It's super messed up. Yeah. Um, And that, yeah, Frank talks about that in the second episode too. He's, you know, like I I escaped kind of like, I I got off the res and she can too and da da da. Yeah, and whereas I think uh, Sasha is still, I don't want to say still, she's very much of place, mm-hmm. like of the place she's in, and she doesn't necessarily aspire to the specific kind of whiteness, right? Yeah. Like, I think they're both 
uncomfortable in this space currently, but mm-hmm. like Sasha's uncomfortable and resistant to it mm-hmm. in a way that Frank isn't. Frank well, sees it as something that he can't really aspire to, but he wants it for her. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's kind of a shame too because like there's this idea that Cottonwood is better than the res, but yeah. Crystal Valley is of course better than Cottonwood, but she's like, yeah, she loves all, Cottonwood. It's all like based on proximity to whiteness, yes. right? And proximity to the specific type of the, the way that you manifest your class and yeah. your income. Ugh, yeah, so it's, gross. But I mean, but they they do a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, because they don't have this big discussion about it. They don't go like, oh, you know, the res is such a hellhole. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. You know, when I was growing up, rah, 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 rah. And you, <laughs> you know, and I left and I made sacrifices and yeah. you can't, right? They don't no. go into that. No, right? They resist that poverty yeah. porn thing. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and I think that the way they talk about it, it seemed a lot more realistic, right? Because mm-hmm. they don't have to explain all that. Yeah. And you don't necessarily have to assume that Frank's coming from this like th- place where he s- sees the res as just like the manifestation of all that's terrible in the world. Mm-hmm. He just says like, you know, I didn't see opportunities for myself there yeah. in the way that I do here. Right. And there are more opportunities that aren't here. Right. Yeah. So they don't have to take up all those problematic narratives in that yeah. way. But they, you know, it's still communicating something that is ultimately problematic, mm-hmm. but in a way that I think is a little bit more critical. Yeah, yeah. And definitely they have difference of opinions there. Mm. So she's, uh, Frank goes to sleep and she's like wandering through the house. Uh, she sits with like Elliot for a little while. Um, but I he's noticed... just so weird. Yeah, he's super weird. But uh, she passes the family picture. There's crystals everywhere, of course, yeah. like Crystal Valley. Um, but also these are definitely like woo-woo white people. Mm. Um, she passes the picture and then in... in like, her face is where Becky's face is for a split second. You're like, ooh, creepy. I missed it. And Chelsea was like, do you want to go back? And I was like, <laughs> no. What? <laughs> Did you just ask me that? Um, yeah. yeah. There, Elliot's eating cereal. She, like, digs into the cereal box, pulls out, like, a, a tattoo, like, one of these um, temporary tattoos, puts it on Elliot uh, to cover his track marks. So we find out that he's, like, uh, you know, using drugs. Yeah, using like drugs. That. Yeah. Doing that thing. He's got to fuck up his own life. Yeah. You know, he's decided, you know, like he's somehow gotten into drugs right. at this like fancy prep school, which seems really on par with what I know about fancy prep Absolutely. schools. Absolutely. You know, yeah. like he's he has access to the expensive drugs. Basically. So Elliot, like Elliot is also an interesting character because his character arc is also, you just assume he's like this douchebag rich kid, mm. you know, who's whose problems are mostly self-caused because he's like trying to be a rebel and all this stuff. Right. But yeah, as the series develops, you're like, Oh, well in the second episode with that thing where he says where he was wearing Becky's cast and he could feel, or no, he wasn't even wearing Becky's cast at that point, but he could feel feel when she broke her arm. Yeah. Yeah, When he was suggests that there's like, there's a lot more going on. Yeah. Like where Becky's kind of at the center of everything, something. Yeah. 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 And, And yeah. And he's got this, had this weird kind of connection. Yeah. It, it is it is interesting all of like that's the thing is like all of these characters at first you're just like what but every every single one of them sort of gets to develop like nuances and yeah it's it, the character the the character development in the show is really impressive mm-hmm. i really enjoyed it yeah uh so she goes into becky's room and there's a mouse there and i thought i think the mouse like i found the mouse really interesting because there's also a mouse that lives in their house yeah that she calls she cheddar feeds, whose name yeah. is cheddar and she's like really friendly with mm-hmm. him and he's like clearly a little pet and then there's this mouse in Becky's room with no tail. Mm-hmm. So again, there's that duality, right? Like there's this slight difference. Yeah. But again, this mouse is really friendly. It's not running away. Yeah. And it also seems weird because, you know, it's like this super rich house. And yeah. I'm sure the second there was any evidence of a mouse. Exactly. You know, it, everything would be exterminated. So, yeah. you know, what that mouse is, is mm-hmm. remains to be seen. So, um, we, yeah. So she knocks over something. 
uh, get spooked. We we figured out it was like this tiny, this square little camera. Yeah, but there seemed to be an eyeball in it. I thought it was like a, a like a glass case with an eyeball. I know it was. I know it was creepy. But There's she, like weird eyeball imagery sort of yeah. occasionally in this show. Yeah, she yeah. talks about it later as a camera because I didn't pick that up. I didn't Even either, the second yeah. time, I was kind of like, "What is that?" Because it's dark. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but she's in Becky's room, which seems a bit like weird. Um, but then then we see her. She okay. She's. I, I think she was sleeping, but we see her in yeah. that weird room with the huge window, yeah. looking at this dust storm, and then we and then see she her walks outside. Out into it. Yeah, yeah. And she walks towards a car, and the car's covered in plastic. Yeah. Um, and there's a hole in the plastic in the back window, and mm-hmm. the back window's punched out. And there's people having sex in the back seat of the car. Right. And this guy looks over. And she sees his face very clearly. She's yeah. never seen him before, but she sees this guy's face. Yeah, and he looks over and he says, Becky? At yeah. her as though she's Becky? Yeah. And then... The, the woman... Who's like, he's having sex with, yeah. looks over, and it's her with blonde hair. Yeah. Which I didn't even recognize her with yeah. blonde hair. I was like, who's, who's that? Is that Becky? Yeah, it's super like, I don't know who that is. Um, yeah. But it's her with blonde hair, apparently. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then this this dust storm, like the... So whenever they're, like, in Cottonwood and stuff like that, you see there's a lot of, like, red colors. The dust storms are very mm. red. When she looks yeah. out the windows, there's a lot of red. Um, and, yeah, that's that's kind of interesting. Uh, in the morning, they they leave the house. Um, these like koi fish that were in this pond outside are dead, and uh, yeah, clearly these dust storms are like no laughing matter. Yeah, they're like, yeah. massive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They seem like the the blizzard of the desert. Yeah, like, you don't want to get caught out in that. Yeah, they're kind of interesting. So then uh, TJ is is running, and she's riding this like TJ's the boyfriend. Yeah, she's Wait, she's yeah. she's riding this like adult sized tricycle around after him yeah which was so cute and funny i know so i but a part of me i'm like does she know how to ride a bike because like this is the thing too is like not everybody not everybody it's learns true. how to ride a bike yeah. like not everybody gets to have a bike to learn how to you know so i was like is Maybe this just Frank something just she borrowed her, like a nice tricycle or she just like it was there and she was riding it but yeah it's was, it was kind of interesting um so she's talking about how she found this camera in Becky's room and TJ seems like not interested. Uh, and she's like, so I tell you, I find a, a camera in a room, but you're more interested in the fact that they don't eat meat. Right. And he's like, right. yeah, like these white people, whatever they're weird. Yeah. And that's, and that's the thing too, right. Is like, so many people are just like, well, they're white. What do you yeah, expect? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and so she's like, Oh, you know, Frank's not going to be back for a few hours. Let's go finally get it on. Yeah. Let's so, go get this project finished. <laughs> yeah. So she, they finished their project. Yeah. Um, uh, and they're sort of, they're talking about, and, and that's, that was the nice thing too, is like, it's, there's sort of this whole buildup where like, this is going to be the thing and, mm-hmm. like, and then they do it and it's fine and it's done and it's whatever. Yeah. It's whatever. Yeah. And so it's chill. And that's really nice too, right? Because there's, I think there's also this narrative that with it's sort like of like cis heterosex. Yeah. yeah. That like, once you have this like dick inside you, like it's going <laughs> to like completely transform her. Everything's different. Yeah. yeah Whereas whatever. like for this, it's just like, yeah, that was great. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, but she's got other stuff that's on her mind. So he's talking about, he's in Cottonwood. Uh, at the school there because of his mom. So he actually lives on the res. Mm-hmm. Um, and his mom put him on in this other school because the track team on the res school sucks. And he's encouraging her to go to this new school. He's like, he's, he's kind of pumped for her. And then um, she goes into the kitchen and she sees Cheddar and Cheddar bites her, which is like yeah. unusual. Yeah, she goes to give Cheddar some Cheerios mm-hmm. and Cheddar nips her fang. Like, rude. Yeah, but, but, also but the other creepy. thing that I liked is that uh, TJ is super supportive of her going to the school. Yes. He's like, you should go. You should show those rich bitches who's boss. Yeah. Like, yeah. do it, you know. And, you know, and, he, and he's not even, like, 
he's sort of joking about it, but he knows that there is this possibility that she's going to meet somebody there mm-hmm. and leave him. And he kind of makes a little joke about it, but not in this way where he seems super bitter. Yeah, he's not like, he's not guilt tripping her. Yeah, he's not yeah. guilt tripping and he's not being super possessive about it either. Mm-hmm. He's like, I love you. I want you to do what's best for yourself. I want you to have these opportunities. Yeah. I think you should go for it. And she's like, oh, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's really other people taught like, so Frank, TJ, Yvonne, they're all trying to talk her into it. Cause I think yeah. if, she, if, if it was just her, she'd be like, no, I'm not going to do well, it. Well, I mean, the interesting thing too, is that I, th- I think that she doesn't necessarily take it because they all want her to. Mm-hmm. I think she takes it because she's getting more and more obsessed with Becky. True. Yeah. And, and yeah, so that's the, inter- it, now it becomes sort of like a mystery for her. So, yeah. Um, so she calls, uh, Mrs. Lefevre accepts and everything. So she has to get up at dawn to catch the bus. Uh, she gets up at, you know, like 5 a.m. Right, yeah. to get to the school. And so this is interesting, the, the sort of like color pattern of this school. So first we're in Arizona and there are these huge green Massive. fields. Massive. Like, yeah, you have to walk like a kilometer to yeah. even get to the front door of the building. Yeah. Like and there's it's all just like the green manicured lawns. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And everything there is this like really pale blue um yeah. and and we see it every time she's in school like it's uh it's the color of the uniform blue and white yeah yeah and you see it uh like it, it's very subtly done but really interesting like even in the students clothes they're not mm. wearing unless they're in uniform they're not wearing that blue necessarily but there's accents of it in all of their clothes so it's right. sort of like it draws it together and so the that blue color really represents yeah. the school which is also weird because i feel like I was feeling a lot of tension in the school scenes. Mm -hmm. Like there seemed to be a lot of tension there. And it's weird because blue is supposed to be this like very calming color. Well, I think, I think it's like the crystals too, right? Like, yeah, this is supposed to be a place where everything's calm and stuff, but it's actually like, you know, just like like kind of menacing. Yeah. And, and, And I think too, like, I wonder too, how much of, they're sort of like satirizing this idea of color theory almost mm-hmm. right by like taking these spaces that are supposed to be very calming and, yeah. and colors that are supposed to be very calming and sort of like the shapes and you know right. like almost like feng shuiing these scenes yeah, yeah, yeah. in such a way but then make it terrifying being able to ratchet up the tension yeah and then yeah, yeah. being like where's your calming blue now <laughs> yeah well it's all very like antiseptic and really like mm. pretty and put together compared to the other school yeah um so they okay so then this is interesting the um the, the the team is called the Crystal Valley Braves. Yeah, and the mascot is this, like, silhouette of a Native person with a big headdress holding a hatchet riding yeah. a horse. Yeah, and followed by a bunch of buffalo <laughs> with with uh, football helmets on. <laughs> it's just so it's ridiculous. so out of control. Just I outrageous. Love it. And so the headdress is the logo that's on all of the sports teams yeah. thing. So that keeps coming up over and over again, which I really I love. And there's this point she meets she uh, she meets like her transitional partner, Morgan, who was who says she was a best friend with Becky. Marnie. Oh oh yeah, yeah. Marnie, yeah. Marnie, right. I don't know, yeah. Anyway, Marnie. Um and Marnie is like you know, they pass by like that, the silhouette of the, the, the brave again. And yeah. she's like, you know, I started a petition to get the, the painting like taken down, like, yeah. which is so performative white people. I, I really liked Marnie's character because mm-hmm. she's a white savior and she's an over the top white savior, but I don't know if other white people would recognize how over the top she is. No, I think she's just supposed to be seen as like really nice and accommodating. And trying really hard. Like yeah, her intentions are so good, oh, Marnie, you know, but like actually she's ridiculous. Yeah. She like assumes that Sasha's going to fail statistics. Yeah. Yeah. You know, she's, she assumes that Sasha's going to be bad at all these things yeah. because she hasn't had the same opportunities. Yeah. She's, it, she really does. Um, 
treat Sasha like a charity case, but in a way that well-meaning white people think that they are not doing. Yeah. They're like, oh, um, I'm just, I'm just being really open and uh, you like, mm-hmm. like, and Sasha definitely feels I'm like she's like. I'm being open to your new different life experience. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so I think, yeah, exactly. It's, it's seen as this, you know, she's like doing it the right way when in fact it's just like so cloying. same old, same old. Yeah. So yeah. Um, she, yeah, I really like Marnie's character. I thought I she's so out, out of control. Just so, like so next level. Sasha's first day at this new school, she goes into this office where this, this guy introduces himself as coach Jones and he's like, no, no, I don't, I don't coach sports. I'm a life coach. I coach life. Oh my God. Oh my God. And he has, you just get this flash. He's got this big drum in his, in his office. Yeah. Right. Like, What's that what about? He, what does he do with that? I don't even. I don't want to know. <laughs> he just stays there and then, after you know, school and, and he's like drums those, and sings to himself. Yeah, and he's that total, you know, that one stereotypical teacher that you have in every sort of like high school movie or TV show who's like, you know, I'm like I'm I so get how cheesy and corny it is to to have this kind of job, but you know, like I'm cool and I can be your pal. Oh my god, you know. Um, oh. Yeah, and so it's interesting too because he's like, you can call me whatever his first name is, and she's like, no, I I don't do first names. Um, so, because that's interesting later on too. Yeah. So she gets a, a new laptop um, that yeah, she gets just, to like, keep. Gives her a backpack with like the laptop and her schedule and her yeah. meal card and her gym strip and all that. And she's like, "Holy shit, this is awesome!" And you're like, "Yeah, that's awesome." Yeah. Like get it all. And then she and Marnie go to the food court, and she just takes every single bag of flaming hot Cheetos, and they're all flaming hot Cheetos. I know. So you know that you know the people love the flaming hot Cheetos. The people love. Um, but her meal card is unlimited. That's why too. Like yeah. she, she just like unlimited access. So she's like, but oh, I yeah? love it because she's also like. Like, you know, because of the respectability politics, that, yeah. like, white upper middle class respectability politics is you take as little as possible. Exactly. Or you and take, like, you like, make healthy choices. She's yeah, like, fuck that. pouring them into her bag. Oh, Which so is, great. like, I mean, says when you've grown up poor, like, mm-hmm. you never know when the gravy train's going to stop. Like, when yeah. there's free stuff, you take you the take free stuff. You take as yeah. much as you can. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's seen as this, like, Marnie's like, ha that's so cute. You yeah, know? Marnie's like, oh, okay, like, great. And then there's this nap room in the school with these, like, huge pods that you can, like, yeah, so that was the that was the only part of the show that I didn't like, yeah. where they sort of like make fun, make of, fun triggers. of triggers. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, why did you need to? De- or God forbid, you get triggered. triggered. But I thought I thought that was pretty appropriate too, because like, so it's obvious that the pedagogy of the school is again this like you know well-meaning white liberal bullshit, you know, where they try to be sensitive to these things and the intersections of class and race and all this stuff. Um, so they, they all probably know the talk, but none of them actually believe in it. And in fact, like they, they sort of undermine it. Right. Mm. So later on we see Elliot gets sash out of the situation by sort of like, you know, being like, Oh, right. she's, she's feeling, you know, using those words. She's, yeah. she's really uncomfortable. To, and the teacher like backs off right away. Like, Ooh, mm-hmm. I can't say anything to that. Like, it's like, it's like the white liberal version of like, Oh, she's got woman problems right now. Like, right. Ooh, yeah. I, I'm very uncomfortable. Aunt Flo is visiting. Emotional aunt Flo is visiting. Right. Yeah. Oh, it was so gross. It was so gross. And yet like, I, I, it was spot on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, that was the only part of the show I was like, uh, but, I mean, also that nap room looked fucking awesome. I would love that nap room. Like, beanbag chairs the mm-hmm. size of, like, a full couch. Oh, yeah. Like, I would do it. Um, so, yeah, uh, Sasha looked up how Becky died, um, but couldn't find anything, and Marnie tells her that she was electrocuted in her shower. She had this old FM radio that her mom had got her, and it fell in. Yeah. And she's like, Which, oh. 
like I was instantly like, oh, she committed suicide. Yeah. Like the old right? radio in the shower thing. I was like, oh, that's exactly like, that's yeah. going to be the what she finds out is that she actually committed suicide. That's exactly it. Yeah. So she's with Yvonne doing laundry, um, and and she mentions this information she find found out, and Yvonne's like really casually like, well, you can't donate your organs if you're electrocuted. Mm. Like I, I researched it, right? Yeah, because Yvonne's a good friend and. Uh, Sasha was in the hospital for three months. Yeah. But also this is sort of of where you start to realize like that Yvonne's really, really smart. Like, because she's also portrayed as sort of this, you know, like, uh, you know, smack talking, like lower class, you know, a friend or whatever. But she's like, she's clearly got her shit together in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So of course she researched it and that really upsets Sasha because she's like, well, wait, if this isn't true, you know, so this sort of this like story be being told, right. which was the other thing that I was like, well, it must be suicide. Yeah. Right? Yeah, because exactly. That's the totally the kind of, you just make up a story and you tell people because you know, of the shame. Of the you would never, yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, then she's taking off her makeup in the mirror. She starts like looking for something and then she looks up into the mirror and she sees Becky who's sort of naked and seems to have like kind of blood on her or something. She's like screaming. It's like the scary moment. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was the end of the show. Yeah. There's just like the skateboarder skating off into the sunset and this, another storm is approaching. Yeah. And we saw him at the beginning too. Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting. Yeah. So yeah. Second, second episode. Yes. Um, Okay. So it, it opens up. This is interesting. So again, it's in, in this red mist we see somebody who is like wet and naked falling in slow motion. Um, yeah, I, I like didn't understand any part of that. Yeah, it was it was super weird. And we just see we realize it's like Becky. Yeah. Um, but so she stops falling and all of a sudden she's like she's kind of upright and like looking up, sort of looking happy. But then the scene changes. She's in she's in the bathtub shower and her, her face changes from happy to terrified in this very, yeah. I thought, this really interesting way. And then these arms reach out from kind of around her legs. Yeah. Like, they look like, like burned like, zombie. Yeah, burned or dirty or bloody or... Yeah, something. Yeah, it's creepy. Super creepy. Um, yeah, so very... yeah. She's researching like... electrocution. Yeah, it's strange visions after organ transplant. Oh, I didn't even see that. Yeah, she like types it in, like strange vision after organ transplant, like all sorts of stuff. Um, And she's clearly, she's doing it all night. Yeah. Um, And the alarm goes off. She's got to go to school. So So she had no sleep. So yeah, uh, she goes back to the school. Um, This is where they're dissecting and electrocuting frogs. Uh, Obviously freaks her out. She's like, whoa. And then Elliot shows up and like, that mullet came near me. I'd be freaked out too. I was like more (laughs) freaked out by the mullet. I was like, get away, Elliot. Yeah. Um, But for whatever reason, and... I don't like this seems to be kind of a teen thing too like for me like looking at that kid everything about him I was like go away yeah don't like paint. don't talk to yeah. me you, like don't you know but she's like kind of like ew but then also she goes with him yeah yeah well she doesn't really know many people right it's true and she's yeah. got this weird bond with him right because she's got his sister's heart yeah so he, he's saying that his parents are having this releasing ceremony where they're going to set Becky's shit on fire. Yeah, it's um, in the new age, whatever. Yeah, and he mentions uh, the Annex Foundation, where it's this sort of like place where you go to cleanse your soul and colon. <laughs> Sometimes at the same time. <laughs> Which I believe something like that exists. Oh, totally. Remember those pills? Remember those indigenous fecal matter pills? They were talking oh, about it. Everybody was like, God, white yes. people can eat our shit. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, God, right. It's supposed to like reset your gut biome or whatever. Amazing. Yeah. I feel like, it, yeah, it's yeah. that kind of place. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he, he mentions his addiction again. Yeah. Sort of like, you know, self-deprecating de- de- like reference. Um, yeah. yeah. And that's, and yeah. And so it's kind of like, 
yeah, he's clearly got sort of like a certain level of sort of like that self-deprecating self-awareness. Yeah. Which I think, yeah, you were talking about how as a character he like grows and becomes more nuanced. And I feel like that was sort of the start of that for mm-hmm, me. Because mm-hmm. initially I was just like, oh, God, oh, get away. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, maybe he's got maybe a reason something for there. Yeah. being a slimeball. Uh, and then it switches to Uma and Ben. Yeah. I never caught Uma's name. Like, I just Nancy. called her Uma. Just okay. Nancy. Yeah. Um, and they're choosing things to burn at the, this releasing ceremony. Yeah. Uh, and she, so she's looking at baby teeth and stuff and he wants her to burn this baby, uh, this baby blanket, um, so that she can, Becky can have it wherever she is. Yeah. Uh, and obviously like Nancy's not cool with that. Yeah. Yeah. Nancy seems to be really less on board with a lot of this stuff than Ben is. And yeah. that's where I was get, really getting... Like, I think at the dinner, I was getting sort of those domineering vibes. But then also in this scene, I was really like, he's really kind of forcing her to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this will be good for you. You need this. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's, you need this. She needs this. We all need this. Yeah. Yeah. But, and never mind like what actually, what Nancy actually needs. Yeah. Yeah. This is like three months after her, her daughter's death and she's supposed to be like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And so Uma or Nancy at one point says, you know, we got, well, we got rid of her heart. We might as well get rid of her teeth too. Yeah. You know? So like Uma is, you know, and then she says, you know, oh, I didn't really mean it. Yeah. But you know, it maybe does suggest that there is some sort of like resentment there. Yeah, for sure. She's not talking about. Yeah. Um, okay. So Sasha's Googling releasing ceremonies. Um, then, Oh, yeah, and then uh, Marnie offers to, to tutor her in uh, stats. She's like, nah, thanks. I'm not a charity case. Oh, and Except then, that it clearly, like, she she's just like, but we didn't have stats. Yeah. You know, and, and you hear the stats teacher, and, and like, I had no, like, I've never taken, I had no idea what was going on. Mm-hmm. You know, she's using all these weird acronyms and talking about regressions and yeah. linear this and regression that and GPL, SSLP. <laughs> And all this stuff. You're just so, making like, shit up now. <laughs> I, I think that was actually it. Okay, all right, all right. Honestly. Um, but, you know, so it's like, like in my mind anyway, like maybe other people are just naturally really good at stats, but I was like, you know, she just wants Marnie to leave her alone. Yeah. You know, and she's probably going to fail stats, but like fair, because if the only other option is Marnie, like who, I would choose failure too. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Marnie wants to tutor her. Yeah, she's she like, just nah, kind I'm of good. like closes the nap room door on Marnie. She's like, yeah. bye. Yeah. Or the nap pod. She's in this like beautiful nap pod. So she's on the bus home. She's filing her nails. Uh, we noticed it was mostly Native people riding this bus. Which, which is, again, Well, and that's cool. the thing too, right? Is because I feel like the, the spaces that she inhabits are really interesting because when she's home in Cottonwood, it's Native and Black people who you see, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and then she goes to Crystal Valley and it's almost all white people. And it's like, you know, and it, they don't make a big thing out of it. Nobody comments on it, but it's yeah, just yeah. there. Yeah, and it's, it's definitely, yeah, the racial politics are real yeah. noticeable. And so then you see, you know, she's taking the bus back from Crystal Valley. And my first thought was like, oh, this must be sort of the indigenous laboring underclass of Crystal yep. Valley who's on this bus. Yeah. Um, she's, she, uh, okay, so she's following her nails. And then she sort of like picks at this, like, sort of wound that she made accidentally she falls too hard or something mm. and all of a sudden she like she peels off a strip of her skin like all the way up her forearm yeah it's super gross and it gets bigger and bigger oh it's so gross yeah it's, it's real gross uh and then she wakes up it was just a dream thankfully yeah. and she's overshot her bus stop by an hour yeah so she she rushes back she has to take the bus back uh so she works at wet pets I just love that name so much. It's so hilarious. Frank is like, oh, great. You're just here for closing. And then it turns out he he's decided he doesn't want her working there anymore because she's, she's getting up so early. She's, he's like, you're burning the candle at both ends. And the reason, of course, she's burning the candle at both ends isn't because of school. It's yeah. because of the, this, like, obsession that she's forming this with fever. Becky and her life and, yes. you know, this family and her everything that's going on. Yeah. But 
the other thing I found interesting about that is Frank's doing that thing where he's pinning all of his own sort of truncated ambition and hopes and optimism onto her. It's like if Frank wanted to be a figure skater, um, but he just couldn't like do it because he like blew out his knee. But now he's like, Sasha, you are going to be the figure skater that takes it all the way to the Olympics. And you're going to do that like triple spin or that quadruple spin, and it's going to be amazing. The yeah. spin that I could never do. <laughs> yeah. Or it's like if Frank grew up being told he was the seventh generation oh, his God. whole life, and then nothing really fundamentally changed. Yes. And so now he's realized Sasha needs to be the seventh generation. Oh, that is so stressful. That that whole narrative of you being the seventh generation that needs to like save the language, the culture, and the world. The everything. Yeah, yeah, it's super... Like I know it's supposed to be like inspirational and stuff, but like growing up with that narrative was super stressful. Well, and that's, that's it, right? Is like Sasha just wants to open Manny Mad. Yes, with her bud. Yeah, she doesn't, you know, she doesn't want to be everything for him. She doesn't want to be everything for TJ, mm-hmm. right? Like she just wants to have her own thing going. Yeah. Right? It, but it becomes more and more obvious that it's not only from Frank, right? Because it's also like oh, yeah. all this weird shit going on with Becky and her yeah, family. Yeah. That is like she's now her, less and less in control of her own life. Yeah, because Becky's Becky's family also has decided that they want these things for her mm-hmm. as a way of like honoring the memory of Becky. Yeah, yeah. it's it's interesting cuz like as a parent, you know, whether uh, you know, Frank is in a parental role, so he's a parent, right? It's just it that idea that like you kind of know better and you got to give them these opportunities, but like it sort of it does vitiate the the autonomy of of the the young person themselves who might, yeah. you know, this idea that like what they want is not good enough. Yeah. But like why not? You know, like if she's going to be miserable in this like crystal Valley where she's always the outsider and people are always like, you know, like she's never really going to fit into that place unless she performs like all the time. And how exhausting is that? Right. So this, but it's also interesting, right? Cause she's at this point too, where she's not happy where she is anymore because she's become sort of this freak, both in her own mind and in some other people's minds. Yeah. Right. And it's the kind of thing that if she stuck around, yeah, in a couple years, nobody would give a shit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, you know, when you're 17, a couple years is it's a lifetime. eternity. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, to a certain extent, like, she is trying to escape. And I wonder how much she's trying to escape sort of through this obsession that she's right. sort of forming. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But, of course, you know, it's not just within her own mind that this is happening. This is also, like, there's actually, actually she's being yeah. acted upon in these, like, scary, creepy ways. Yeah. So, so Frank, Frank's replacing her. Uh, right. And she's like, you're firing me? And he's like, uh, yeah, I guess. Frank's trying really hard. Yeah, he is. <laughs> like, so there's all this stuff that's going on. Um, she's over at TJ's house. Uh, they're getting it on. But then she sees the guy that is in her vision instead. Yeah. So she sees that guy again um, really clearly. Which also, like, do you imagine you're like... Oh my God, no. Having sex so with somebody creepy. and then you look up and it's somebody else? No. I would be losing Screaming my shit. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then TJ's talking about how he hates being uh, a, a hater. A halfer. Oh, a, a hater, sorry. A, a halfer, I don't know. I was, <laughs> no one likes a hater. <laughs> no, I suddenly, you know why I did that? Because I suddenly realized what he is. He's Dine and Pima? Pima. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, it had been bugging me before. Cause like, Wait, you know, why did you write hater? No, uh, I didn't. I, like, I was, I was writing Pima and read oh, it as okay. hater. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like one of those things where like my, my brain doesn't catch up to what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, okay. So what I like about this is that like, um, we don't get into it in this, in this episode, it comes on later, but TJ, uh, you know, he's like, he's a halfer, but he's not like half like native and half white, which is always the the thing, right? No, he's like half one nation and half another nation. And there's this like thing where he's got to like 
choose to be which i've heard or, that that's a yeah. thing in the state well it's kind of a, it's a thing up here too right yeah. like if depending on where you want status and stuff well that's but, yeah like i don't i don't yeah. know like they do this weird like um enrollment ceremony thing later on mm. that uh some dna people were like tell me no, that's not a thing but but it is legit because like you have you don't in in canada anyway you can't have dual citizenship yeah so if you're like if you're dna um, you cannot also be Cree. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, you can be, but you have to choose which, which band you're going to be a part of. You can't yeah. be part of two bands. You can't live in two places. Yeah. So it is, it is sort of those, one of those things where you have to choose. You're like yeah. one or the well, other. Well, I mean, yeah. Or if you're like Métis and you're Cree, then it yeah, also you can't. becomes yeah, you like, can't be you, know, both. you either have to take treaty or not take treaty. Yeah. Right? It's redonk. Yeah. Um, but he, anyway, he, he's talking about that. Um, he's saying, you know, uh, he's, he, his family is going to come talk to him. All these elder women uh, are going to come talk to him because he's the only son. Uh, he has to carry on his family line. So he's getting pressured to like be this super Diné guy yeah. who like, you know. Which I, I, so I really actually, this was a refreshing com- conversation for yeah. me. Um, because, you know, we've, we've seen how half breeds get treated mm-hmm. in film. And it's basically, you're sort of like these degenerate losers <laughs> who get the worst traits of both sides and yeah. you always die. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. that's how it is. Yeah, uh, you know um, that happened in Ginger Snaps. It happens in The Revenant. It happens. I think basically every time we've seen a half breed, you occasionally get the ones like Jason Momoa in what the uh, Frontier. Frontier. Yeah, who's like gets the the quote unquote best of both worlds. And he's yeah. like sort of this like half breed Ubermensch. But for the most part, you're just sort of like this weak, sickly. You're not really good at anything, and you just die. Um, so I really like this because that kind of takes that whole dichotomy and throws it out the window. Mm-hmm. And it's not that he doesn't have this half-breed angst. He clearly is having trouble sort of like figuring out what it is his families want from him and what mm-hmm. the best path for him is. But he's not like sitting there being like, mm-hmm. I have a foot in two canoes yeah. and my thigh muscles hurt. You know, he's <laughs> like, it's, it's also, you know, it, it takes away that, like, <coughs> I mean, there is that idea that no matter the fact that we come from like really, really distinct nations that mm. like you can't be a half-breed if you, if you are like, from one indigenous nation and another one like mm. that's not that's not it it's only this magical white blood or yeah. like whatever mix it but it is doesn't it's happen. always white blood i know it, it really it is. always is yeah, yeah yeah so but yeah no it's this yeah this magical white blood somehow you know it's a blessing and a curse right oh but like for him no it's and it's also very practical you know he's talking about it in a really relational way yeah. where he's like I need to learn what my responsibilities are. And I don't know if this is actually what I, this, this is what I want. Mm -hmm. Right. Or this is what I need to do. Right. And so Sash is kind of like, you know, I'll come with you. And if it sucks, we can make fun of it. And he's kind of like, my mom doesn't like you. (laughs) Well, I mean that, but he's also like, he kind of takes it a little more seriously than she does at this point. Yeah. You know, I think he's a little more like, he's got more family. Yeah. Which I think is kind of part of it. You never really see much of Sasha's family aside from Frank, but he's kind of like, I don't think that would really fly. Yeah. yeah, And she's like, well, I'm Danae too. So it's fine. And he's like, uh, it probably wouldn't be that fine. And then I love it. She says, uh, your mom probably thinks I'm an apple, which is like a slur. Yeah. Uh, you know, for like red on the outside, white on the outside that I think a lot of like non-natives wouldn't even have gotten. I don't know. Um, I was like, yeah. yeah. And, and because, because she like, so she is Danae, she's fully Danae. And she's like, I thought, you know, you were all my people, but, yeah. uh, but she doesn't live on the res. Yeah. So the, like those intricacies mm-hmm. are, and this is all, the other thing, like, this is why I'm wondering if native people wrote this because mm-hmm. what white person would even know that that's a thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there, there aren't that many. So yeah. yeah, just the fact that this is a conversation, but also that they don't make a huge, massive thing. They yeah. Don't make and they don't explain it. About yeah. 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 You know, they yeah. don't make, and they don't make their whole relationship. Like she's got to be, she's got to decide whether to be a supportive girlfriend if he's going to, no, it's none of that. Yeah. It's still centered 
fully on her. Mm-hmm. And TJ has his own life and his own stuff that he's doing. Yeah. But this is part of his life. It's not just like being a half breed, being intertribal, like, like, you know, of mixed tribal descent or whatever. Yeah. Like, it's part of his life, but it's not his whole identity. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we've never seen that. Like, for, for half breeds, we've never had a chance to see that before either. Yeah. Yeah. No, right. it's good. It's good. Um, so they're talking about the camera. Yvonne is like, you know, just like, let it go. Uh, Sasha's on the bus again. All right, there is this pop quiz and stats, and suddenly Sasha knows all the answers. Yeah. It's super creepy. She gets 100%. And, she, and it, it actually took me a little while to realize that's supposed to be creepy. Yeah. It took me until she's looking at pictures of Becky with the oh. calculator. Because oh. I was just like, well, I think part of it is I'm so terrible at math. Okay. That I just assume that everybody else knows math. Oh, okay. You know, yeah. so I was like, oh, so she's just good. She's just, she's just good at stats. naturally like, good at fine. it. That's fine. She gets 100% on the quiz. Cool. Yeah. Uh, but no, it is kind of weird. And I was like, take that, Marnie. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, then Yvonne's dad and Frank are fixing up a car for Sasha. And we're like, go, Frank. I know, it's so cute. Oh, wait, but there's also there's also the, um, oh, no, there is the car. The car scene happens. Yeah, Frank's, he's got this old beater. He's fixing it up. And his uh, friend, it's gonna be a surprise. Yvonne's dad, yeah. is there. And he's like, man, this is, really is a piece of shit car. Yeah, but it's like, it's it doesn't matter that it's a piece of shit car. No, because it's like, Frank's making it. I know, he's making it. It's this big surprise. Yeah, and it's this perfect, like, it's exactly the sort of, like, dad. Yeah. Or, like, you know, dad or father figure, or yeah. uncle figure, or whatever. It's, like, the perfect sort of, like, gift. Yeah. You know, oh, like, that's exactly it. the kind of thing that dads do. Yeah. You know? And it's and he's just, like, he's trying so hard. And, like, you know, they've had some tension ever since their surgery. And I'm sure that was, like, a huge issue. Like, a huge, like, massive weight on him. Mm-hmm. And, but, you know, they never... I love it because it's always so firmly centered on her mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as the character. And she's got these men in her lives, but it's ne- it never becomes about them. Yeah. yeah you know, it never becomes true. about how Frank's struggling with the fact that, yeah, you know, we his, don't need to hear it. <laughs> like, so there's a lot of internal stuff. stuff. Yeah. 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 You know, but, but he's just doing this thing and you know that it's coming from this like really loving place and yeah. he's just trying so hard, but also because again, he's become, she's become sort of the avatar for his dreams. Yeah. So then um, there's this, this other weird scene. She's mm-hmm. back at school. She's fencing, never fenced before, sucks at it. Yeah. Because who the hell fences? Yeah, I know. Then she switches hands to her left hand and like whips this chick's butt. Yeah. So it's again. Marnie didn't know what was coming. Yeah. And she's, so she, then we find out Becky was left-handed. So she's yes. super weirded out. And great at fencing. Yeah. Yeah. And then some other girl says like, oh, nobody's uh, pulverized Marnie like that since Becky. Yeah. And you're like, whoa. Yeah. Creepy. Yeah. And so then she's, she's in the hallway and she's sort of thinking about this and she's like, but I'm right-handed. Oh my God. And she's looking and she sees all these group photos of sort of like Becky's extracurriculars. Yeah. And she's staring at them and, and you see her with the stats calculator and you realize that, mm-hmm. you know. Becky that's there's some sort of something going on there and then she looks again and everybody's got their faces sort of like lined out with this weird mask yeah sort of like almost scratched out with a pen yeah super creepy everybody but Becky yeah it's really scary looking but then she runs into Elliot and behind him is the guy she kept seeing Ravi yes and Ravi like is the guy Marnie's... that she was like having weird hallucinatory sex yeah. with. Yeah. And the guy that she, yeah, just like this guy that she keeps seeing. Yeah. And it turns out it's Elliot's best friend. And sponsor. I don't know. Is he? A... No, no, no. I think he is. Like an actual yes. sponsor? Okay. I yeah. thought that was a joke. No. I, but okay. No, because he, later on, he was like really upset that Ravi wasn't going to be at the party with him because of that. Like oh, as a sponsorship thing. I see. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So I guess sponsor and best friend. But then you also find out that... This Ravi guy is Marnie's boyfriend. Yes. And that they, they're practically married. Yeah. You know? But, I mean, she's obviously, she's had these visions of Becky being with him. So that's, yeah. that's confusing. So, and then he makes this gross, Ravi makes this gross comment about how Elliot must be thinking about getting with uh, 
with Sasha and Elliot's yeah, like, no, I'm really not. Whatever. Yeah. 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 And like, like that made me also, that was another thing where I was like, I like Elliot a lot more. I know because, because like, I was getting creep vibes from him it was, at first. Yeah. And, and that was like weird because like Sasha's got his sister's heart and I, I know yeah. that that doesn't make her his sister, but, but kind of like, ew, it does like off limits things a little bit. I think bit. it does also. Yeah. I'm very... I'm very into firm and very broad <laughs> lines being drawn when it comes to things like that. Yeah, it's just like, that's a no. And and that's a nice thing is Elliot never really does sort of like put the moves on her, which you kind of expect. I was totally expecting Yeah, that. yeah. Yeah, that mullet screamed like fuck <laughs> Creepy boy. predator, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but but there is, but the other thing is that Ravi is sort of like making all of these weird comments about how hot mm-hmm. she is and he's apparently supposed to be so devoted to Marnie and, yeah. and so all we know stuff. He's so we he's, know. Yeah, he's a bit of a scumbag. Uh, probably right away. Yvonne and Sasha drive off to the ceremony. Yeah. Um, and Yvonne, oh my God, what a good friend. Yeah. This this was like the total, I, I keep, like, I just feel like this. there's very similar tensions to this in Get Out. Like, I re- just remember watching Get Out and just being like, you know, he needs to get out of these white people's house. Mm-hmm. And like, I just, you know, it's that white people's house horror. Yes, yes. Which I think, I hope it's going to become its own genre. Because it is very scary. It is a scary thing. It like there's there's the the racial element, there's the class element, yeah, there's the how do you behave in these people's house thing. Mm-hmm. Like versus being in in a in a house that you're comfortable in, that you feel welcome in. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah, it's and, and she's always sort and of all this, the, like, like the, the strange rules and like oh, how you're yeah. supposed to navigate that space. Oh, it's just yeah, it's gross. And and the ways in which you're never totally welcome you're yeah you're always being slightly surveilled right yes. which i think is sort of like this this idea of the camera yeah. right is this this surveillance or the fa- also the fact that like you know she has this daughter's heart so everybody's always sort of like looking at her as this particular person yeah you have this you have this to live up to because you were given the gift of or you know yeah, yeah. and they they end up being the only you know bipoc people at the party yeah everybody else is white and yeah. everybody else is wearing white and so it becomes really obvious except for sasha and yvonne they show up in black yeah. So that was interesting too. Um, so they're at this rich house, right? There's all these people. There's like a slideshow of Becky going on. It's kind of dark and everything. Um, so uh, Elliot tells about this time when Becky broke her arm and and he felt it. That was kind of weird. But also she got all the attention. She yeah. got so much attention that he actually wore the cast for to like a week or something to kindergarten. Yeah. So it also suggests that there's this hierarchy within the family. Yes. That Becky was the loved one and yeah. Elliot wasn't getting as much attention. Yeah, yeah. That was actually really sad. That always makes me so sad. Yeah. Um, when you see like that's sort of the thing is like uh, I've seen it I've seen it done a few times in movies where like this the sort of spoiled cra- crappy rich kid you know because there's this idea that like if you're rich um, your life is better right but yeah. often like a lot of these a lot of these kids are like the most emotionally neglected right totally um, they you know the families are, can be super dysfunctional but they are really good at hiding it because of yeah. their class and so he's you know he's talking about the way that like he he doesn't really go into it, but that he probably wasn't, he didn't feel as loved as his sister. And just like yeah. how devastating that is for any kid, like totally. regardless of where you're coming from and how it, it would totally screw you up. Like, well, and that's too, like, that's where you, like, that's sort of also an indication of like where he's at now and how mm-hmm. he's behaving now and mm-hmm. sort of what his own journey has been and like how that connects to what's going on with his child and with these family dynamics. Because yeah. it becomes clear from the first time they have dinner together they're really dysfunctional. Yes. And they're yes. really dysfunctional in this way that not only are they using sort of like class and race to hide their dysfunction, mm-hmm. but they're also using this sort of like new age spirituality. Oh God, totally. To like both 
mask but then also justify this this yeah. dysfunction and right. also treat it yeah like totally. we're gonna deal with it with this like we're gonna have this ceremony yeah we can like, heal pe- it yeah we don't have to actually change but we can just heal and if we all heal that's what's going to be better yeah and they invent their own spirituality you know to like yeah yeah and it becomes and it's hyper individuated yeah like they have all these people there but they're only there for this one particular part of the ceremony they're not helping Mm -hmm. right like because that's the thing with with ceremony right it's like it's not for the most part it's not just like one family doing absolutely everything this like where everybody is witnessing it yeah yeah, and then everybody else comes and watches it happen no it's It's a communal thing yeah everybody's cooking everybody's building everybody's together through every single stage of it yeah right but like it's like these white people have taken this idea of ritual and ceremony and they've hyper individuated it it. yeah and made it super like um performative but also like it's just it's it's something to watch and not only that, it becomes really rigid. Yeah. That was the other thing. Like, he, this Ben guy forces Nancy to burn the baby blanket. Or tries mm. to. Right? Like, he's well, like... Well, he thinks he does. Yeah, this but is she, going to yeah, be what's good she sneaks it out. for you. Right? Yeah. And, like, and that's the thing, right? It's like, yeah, ceremony has rules, and some of those rules are really important. But it's always got to give way... To what the individual what needs, too. people need themselves. Yeah. 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 Right, yeah. And so you get this this sort of, like, weird... It's a cult. It's a cult because yeah. it's got that authoritarian built, you yeah, know, bent absolutely. to it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it, authoritarian and ultimately isolating. Yes, exactly. Right? exactly. And, and it makes all of the witnesses feel good because they've come here in this moment where they can right. see and see all... Like, you know, and they're crying and they're having a really hard time yeah. and everybody can be really sympathetic and then yeah. they go home. Yeah, and, it, and that's the thing, too, I think, where Nancy's interesting because she she's struggling to... Um, grieve in the in the short time span that she's allowed mm-hmm. and in the ways that she's allowed but she her grief extends beyond that and so yeah. it becomes sort of like a deviant and a problem like it's sort of like um she is how do you say like she's becoming selfish with it you know um totally which is also like an incredibly gender trope yeah. right? this idea of this overly emotional emotionally uncontrollable woman right who can't be respectable versus the fact that like grief is something that comes and goes and comes and goes but never actually leaves yeah like it's not something you just get you're like okay i do it for this period of time and now it's gone yeah which her husband seems to think this Ugh. is what's going to happen yeah like he's gonna grieve and then he's gonna be okay which i'm sure you know if that's how that plays out it just blows up in this like all sorts of fucked up ways oh that God. like harm everybody around him later yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so okay, so they're okay. So they start. Uh, Sasha's introduced to all these like really weirdly huggy people. Mm. Um, she's introduced to Evan and Ruth, who are Marnie's parents, and they they both insist on hugging her and Yvonne in this really like intimate and like uncomfortable manner. Yeah, just like giving a big old embrace. Yeah, they're just and they're such hippy dippies, like rich totally. hippy dippies, right? Yeah. Like nice, really expensive linen. And Evan is just, like, staring at Sasha, like, right in the face in this creepy way for so long while other people are talking. Yeah. Um, and then we... Uh, oh, oh, then Yvonne comes over and spills a drink on Sasha. Deliberately. Yeah, to, to get them, like, out. Yeah. Which Yvonne... Or uh, Sasha doesn't love. She's yeah. kind of like, Yvonne, this is my only dress. I know. I, li- I like that little... I like that comment, though. She's like, yeah. that's it. I have one nice dress. Yeah. Which, yeah. And I, I like that for, like, a bunch of reasons, right? Because it's like, that's that's also a movie trope. Oops, I need to go clean up my fret. Right? right. And she's like, why not, Why did you have to do yeah, that Yeah, you could have just asked to go to the bathroom. Yeah. yeah. Like, Come on. Um, but again, it's like that class thing, right? Where it's, you know you kind of assume when they walk in, they didn't necessarily get the hint that they're supposed to all wear white, which chances are they didn't know they were supposed to all wear white. I thought that was interesting because yeah, like um, you think, you know, you wear black in mourning, right. Mm. In these, in this Western convention. But of course, like these hippie dippies, they're like, well, this isn't really mourning. This is a, this is a release. This is a celebration. Yeah. So purity. Yeah. 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 But also like maybe they did, you know, maybe they just thought they were supposed to dress up and literally those are their nicest clothes. Yeah. 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 
So they're in Becky's room looking for the camera, but then uh, Nancy walks in, Yvonne hides in the bathroom, and quick thinking Yvonne. yeah that was great and then uh nancy notices that sasha's dress is sort of ruined and offers her this white one that and it's again it's all very creepy yeah and and again her assumption is that you know she's she's sort of like it's sort of empathetic she's like you know i'd want to i'd want to poke around in here too yeah 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 which i was like okay yeah i i uh i don't know if this is supposed to be relatable but okay i feel like she's like trying to be cool about it but she's actually very upset like she's really upset yeah. at the beginning and then she kind of talks herself internally down but then later she's yeah. like but the bathroom is out of limits like she's really yeah, like it, it seems to be like there's you know it's i think it's that classic thing where it's like this there's this domineering white man mm-hmm. who exerts a ton of control over his wife and so then the wife needs to exert control over everything else yeah. and everybody else yeah but I think... But seem like she's not. Yeah. Too. But I, and I do think there's this moment where when she and Sasha are talking and they're sitting on the beds together where they reach this sort of rapport they didn't mm-hmm. have before. But again, it's her space. Yes. It's her daughter. It's her stuff. Yeah. She's gonna remind you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So yeah. she, she ends up uh, dressing Sasha in Becky's favorite dress, which is this white dress. So also, now... Also, just like so... Cr- like, what the... F- that's so creepy. Yeah, like dresses her like a doll. Like literally yeah. in her puts, dead kid's clothes. Yeah, and doesn't like doesn't let Sasha dress herself. Literally dresses her. Yeah, that that to me was the weirdest thing. Yeah. Like this girl is 17 years old. Maybe she needs help with you know zipping up the back of the yeah, dress, but, not, but like, like she just is like, "Okay, take your dress off. Arms up, you know, yeah. like skin a rabbit, you know." Yeah. I was like, "Oh, girl, get out of there." But now, but now Sasha's wearing white like everybody else. Yeah, which is interesting. And Yvonne's the only one who's dressed differently. Yeah, and I feel like too, Yvonne throughout all of this right it's like it's almost like sasha is starting to be assimilated in these weird ways yeah and yvonne's like this is there being like yeah Yeah. she's the one with the only sort of like grounded sense of reality um but yeah so they they end up having this conversation uh where um nancy sorry i keep wanting to call it ruma nancy is like i I just don't want to burn this baby blanket and sasha's like that's then don't so legit (laughs) yeah like yeah don't just pretend that you are which seems to be almost like something that hasn't crossed her mind. Yeah, yeah, that she can make a choice that goes against her husband. Yeah, and against this, like, whatever, this new age right. spirituality that they're doing together. Um, and then, yeah, so Sasha tells her that her mom died at two, mm-hmm. and that she used to wear her mom's clothes a lot. Uh, she's just trying to commiserate a little bit. And then and then Nancy's like, oh, you've been through so much, haven't you? And, and Sasha's kind of like, yeah, but so has everybody. Yeah. But it's, it's just that sort of idea, like, well, to be where you are you know, like this poor girl, this poor native girl, you must have been through so much trauma. Like, no man, maybe she hasn't like, maybe she hasn't (laughs) like, yeah. yeah, Okay. Obviously she has like, you know, she had this heart attack and all this stuff, but there's, it's a deeper assumption I think about her entire life. And just because well, her entire life, but also all of our lives. Yeah. 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 And you run into that so much. And like, sometimes it works in your favor, right? Because you can like be like, Oh yeah, I need this scholarship or whatever right but like you know it's problematic that you have to play out your own trauma you have to perform your own trauma in these ways but that's exactly it but that's sort of the assumption that keeps getting put on her but you know at the same time like we don't know what nancy's life has been like but Mm -hmm. we also but i think what we do know is that part of what gives white women their power and their proximity to white men is that they're able to downplay their own trauma to an extent. Mm-hmm. They're able to say, at least I'm not like these BIPOC women. Right. Right. At least I'm not like these poor people. Yeah. At least I'm not like these pitiful, whatever, whatever, whoever's right. Like, but if we're not performing our trauma, how will white women know that they're saving exactly. us? <laughs> so, right. Like that's, and that's it. Yeah. Right. So like the fact that Sasha's sitting there and saying, well, everybody's gone through shit. Yeah. 
is actually like that's a real intervention. Yeah, yeah. Like, right? come on like now. You, that's another thing that you don't see. I don't think we've seen that in anything else that we've ever watched. No, it's always just like, oh, like, the there's poor... never that pushback. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I'm thinking about um, remember Journey's End, the one where Whiny Wesley goes on his fake vision <laughs> yeah, quest. Yeah. Right? And like the whole thing is is these white people sort of talking about how terrible it was that, you know, Native Americans have gone through <laughs> all of this stuff and we're just right. replicating that, right? And there's like not that agency where they're like, actually, we've like built an awesome life on yeah, this planet. Yeah, things are great. And things are great here. And yeah, like, yeah. like, y'all are the ones who are like, you know, just like <laughs> fucked up and like, we're doing awesome. Yeah. So just go away. Yeah. Right? No. Like, you never necessarily get those interventions yeah. in that way. But it's a, yeah, so much of the show is, is actually just Sasha talking back and she's talking back as an indigenous person and she's talking back as a young woman mm-hmm. and she's talking back as somebody who has her own sense of what she wants out of life that yeah. is divorced from respectability politics yes. that everybody else around her is ascribing to in various yeah. ways, except for Yvonne. Yeah. She and Yvonne are like this crew. I know, I love, I love that. They're so, they're so wicked because they, yeah, I, I mean, like you don't you don't get to know Yvonne as well as as Sasha but also you get the sense that like yeah for sure she probably gets that shit too like people assuming things about her and Mm. she's just like whatever you know like I do what I do we all do what we do yeah Manimat yeah Manimat Manimat for life for sure I'm I'm definitely team Manimat yes um okay so Yvonne is is still stuck in the bathroom and then she she note like I think it suddenly dawns on her that that's where Becky died. She wasn't really right. thinking about it. It was just a place to hide. And I wasn't looks. thinking about it either. Yeah. Even though there are hints at that point. Right. Like all sorts of sort of visual hints that are happening. But it was when, it was when uh, Nancy was like, but stay out of the bathroom. It's off limits. And you see Yvonne look at the bathtub sort of like in horror. And, and you see these like burn marks. Like, Is it burn? I was like, it's a blood stain though. Maybe. It, it, it was black. Yeah. Like it could have been, it could have been it blood. It was dark or it been, in there too. Yeah. 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 So, but just sort of like where, like where you would put your hands if you were laying in the in the bathtub. Yeah. But every time we've seen Becky, she's been standing in the shower. Yeah, but you do see these arms. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's so, weird. Like, and that also freaked me out because it's been three months yeah. since Becky died. Yeah. I'm just why why is that still why yeah. is what is going on? Yeah, I don't even know. So anyway, gross. And then okay, so uh Yvonne like, uh, Sasha and Nancy leave the room. Yvonne is still trying to look for the... Um, I know. I was like, don't leave your friend. I know. That's the worst is when you leave your friend alone in the white person's house. I was like, if Yvonne dies right now, I'm, I'm, I'm like throwing Netflix away. And yeah. Yeah. I was so happy that the they didn't The entire company that. into the garbage. If like, if the black best friend dies first thing, I'm not watching the show anymore. But they didn't no. go there. Thank God for yeah. once. Um, so she's still looking for the camera, but then she, she thinks to look... Uh, on the on the network for devices that are connected to the Wi-Fi. See, she's she's freaking awesome. Yeah, and I didn't even realize that's what she was doing. Yeah, she's super resourceful. Yeah, she just she knows, and then she just is super casual about it later. She's like, I just hacked into the Wi-Fi. Yeah, and she's like so chill about it too. So there's like this creepy white woman who yeah, I think Ruth. is the white yeah the white yeah, woman she Marnie's earlier, mom. Yeah, is putting crystals very deliberately and slowly on every single stair and around the family photos yeah and Yvonne's like uh what, what are you doing what are you doing? Yeah. and she's like oh the house is a very personal space there's a lot of grief here this is gonna release that or something facilitate something an energetic release yeah and it's like okay and I actually so you know just because like I'm actually not an anti-crystal person <laughs> Like I think crystals. I'm an anti woo white person. If it's yeah, <laughs> like if you know if if that's the kind of thing that you're into, that's the kind of thing that you're into. I use crystals sometimes. I just like keep them around. It's fine. It's whatever, right? But it's like you're gonna make that your whole thing with your yoga and your expensive smoothies and yeah. your you know eating fecal matter pills from native <laughs> poo. And like, you're not gonna like stuff. actually fight systems of repression. Yeah. Then like you can yeah, then shove it's, those it's, crystals. Yeah. It's, yeah. Like if you're gonna take this like. <laughs> 
spiritual practice. You're going to make it all about you. You're going to hyper individuate it and you're going to make it this thing that only like upper middle class white people can access. Then like, yeah, go fuck yourself. Yeah. So anyway, so Ruth, who is very much in that category, uh, basically, you know, Yvonne does the whole, like, I'm a teenager. Can I have your Wi-Fi password? Like, you know, these people really well. And, then she's like, oh, I don't want to give this team the actual... These people are very private. Like, yeah. She's not actually going to tell her the Wi-Fi password. She has to put it in herself, which yeah. is so douchey. Um, but then, yeah, just on the basis of the Wi-Fi pass, I don't even know. She's able to find the device. Yeah, and then hack into it. And yep. then uh, she sees... Like, she's ha- she can hack into the camera feed. Mm-hmm. And basically, she- it's clearly in some kind of purse or bag A or corner or something. Or something. Yeah. And she sees a hand reach in, and there's, like, this big sort of burn scar up the, the, up the wrist. wrist. Yeah, so we'll figure out who that is later. So I also think, like, yeah, it's sort of like this wrist thing is mm-hmm. a thing. And I wonder, actually, now that I'm just thinking about it, I wonder if it's connected to this sort of, like, this, these ritual images we're seeing right at the end of the second episode. Mm-hmm. If this is some sort of... Anyway, okay, I whatever. I can't tell you. Yeah, maybe maybe I'll watch <laughs> the rest of the show. I actually kind of do, even though it's really scary. I, it, no, it's definitely worth it. I actually am, like, very compelled because it's this native woman who's doing such an amazing like doing such amazing work and, like, and there's so many more native references later on to oh, like cool. these things and like this tension between cultural appropriation but also just like native references that like non-natives aren't going to get necessarily uh it, yeah it's well worth it i i really really enjoyed this oh that's so cool yeah and it like the, and you get some backstory into frank and like his frank. his family like her yeah it's there's so much going on okay. anyway so highly recommend okay um okay so we see that we see that somebody we see a bit of the camera feed um all right then they burn becky's stuff yeah it's very emotional um or something uh and it's it's hard on sasha yeah she starts like getting a vision again of becky who is in the bathtub terrified mm-hmm. um then we see her running in slow-mo like in the bathroom reaching for to the escape the bathroom yeah okay. reaching for the door of the bathroom and then hanging onto the door as though she's being pulled, pulled backwards. back yeah Super creepy. Yeah. And then uh, it seems like sort of everybody else is sort of heading out mm-hmm. uh, afterwards. Um, Yvonne and Sasha are about to leave. Sasha walks by and sort of sees this art hanging on the wall. And it's sort of this sculpture, this mask sculpture art. Uh, and it's when she saw the pictures in the school of these group photos and everybody's faces were scratched it's out. It's one of the it's masks the same hanging there. Mask. Yeah. 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 But underneath it, like, is a Batman mask that he puts in there playfully to see if people will notice. And so they focus on that. But she's just really like. And he makes all these, like, dad jokes about Batman. They're yeah. like, not even. I don't even think they count as dad jokes. No, they're, they're so not funny. No, they weren't. They weren't even like, you know. Um, okay. And then they give her Becky's car. They mm-hmm. give her a car. And Elliot is, like, upset. Because he obviously thought the car was going to be his. Yeah, and just the fact that they didn't talk to him about yeah. it first. Oh my gosh. That's Again, mind-blowing. Not only was Becky the center of their world, now this girl with Becky's heart is the center of the world. Not yeah. even their family over him, right? Yeah. Which, like, okay, to be fair, is going to mess with people. Like, I And totally... also, like, and good on Elliot that he doesn't seem to turn that resentment on to Sasha. Yeah. Like you'd think at that point he would just be like, I hate you. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. yeah but you're, he's you're like an interloper. No, he's like, fuck you to his parents. Yeah. Fuck you, Ben and Nancy. Yeah. Um, and like also then, like fully fuck them. Yeah. Like who the hell do they think they are? But we were, we were so upset because Frank had prepared. Yeah. Right. Oh my God. He was getting it ready. And then the, like, that's the thing is like, that's the thing is, you know, as much as he, wants Sasha to have these opportunities that he imagines for her in this like sort of upper upper class town and everything. He's also finding that his parental role is being usurped by this rich family in a lot of ways that he 
like that he's been pretty chill about so far. He's like, yeah. all right, that's fine. That's fine. That's what it's going to take. But like me and Sasha are fine. But I think mm-hmm. this was a moment where he was like, no, like, yeah. this and it is, seems to be that like, yeah. you're, and I, oh my God, I've read the most devastating thing. And I can't remember, I can't remember who was saying it, but it was, it was say, like, this person was saying that when you have kids, you fall madly in love with them. Mm-hmm. And your kids are madly in love with you, but as they grow up, they grow away from you. Mm-hmm. But you never stop loving them differently. They they start loving you differently because they become more independent. So basically, having kids, you're stuck in this unrequited love for your entire life. And I was like, oh my god. But it seems to be like that's sort of what Frank is starting to experience. It's been him and Sasha mm-hmm. for so long. They're like the dream team, the dynamic duo. Yeah. And now there's like these upper middle class white people who, on one hand, represent what Frank wants for her. Yeah. But on the other hand, is taking her away from him. Yeah. And giving her things that he can't give her. Right. Which he wants, but at the same time, it's it's ruining that, like coming between them, that relationship is becoming fractured. Like they, they don't hang out the same way yeah it's it's really painful to watch because like at the same time he's got to he's telling himself it's okay because he doesn't react well he does a little like she shows up with the car he's a bit upset about it but he doesn't tell her hey i i was making a car for you yeah like he just he lets it go he's like which also is like like that is like also to me just like screams native man yeah like you're like you know a native man is never going to say you know actually I was I'm very hurt trying because, to do this yeah. for you actually instead you know like you're always just gonna say like oh you got this thing that you want like yeah good yeah unless unless they're like a bitter asshole and then but, she says oh Ben loaned it to me this is the first yeah. time that she does the white thing where she like calls him by the first name yeah because he's but, always been Mister Lefever before this yeah but she and she also. She doesn't lie to him, but she does manipulate the truth yes. for Frank. Yes. To, and, and a little bit to spare his feelings, I think, but also because she knows that this is inappropriate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is totally yeah. inappropriate for her to be given this car. Yeah. And she knows it, but she's trying to downplay it so that he doesn't freak out. Yeah. But he's like, oh, it's okay to take their money, but not their car. She's kind of like, you know, hey, you wanted me to do this. But also, like, she doesn't. But, but she does know. Yeah. Well, I don't know, right? Because it is sort of that teenage thing. Where maybe she doesn't necessarily understand yeah. how drastically those things differ. True. Maybe. Right? Maybe she just sees it as sort of like, or she's starting to see it as this extension. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. becoming more natural for her to be taking this money and to be sort of like getting these access to these types of resources. But it's also like she was resistant and he pushed her. And so totally. now she's like, what? Now it's not okay? Yeah, exactly. Like when, yeah. you know, when I'm getting something. Anyway. So um, anyway, we were very sad. That was a yeah, very tragic. Moment. That was very sad. I was very sad. So she's uh, she's going through Becky's car. It's still got her stuff in it. Also, which that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Why wouldn't you move that stuff out of there? Well, why wouldn't you wipe the stains off the thing? Yeah. Like this. I don't know. Uh, I don't weird. know. So at first it's just like some makeup and stuff, but then she finds this like scary book of sketches, like super creepy with all the masks and. You know, um, yeah, it's just sketches of these masks over and over, and then pictures from Becky's life where her face is all scratched out and other people's faces are all scratched out. Um, but then Becky herself, there's this one really weird picture where Becky has a has like this dark spot over her heart, and then there's all these like people in white robes around her, like like yeah. a coven or whatever. Like, yeah, it's yeah. like some sort of like occult thing. Yeah, and then some other stuff happens, but like right at the end of the episode. There's this scene uh, of sort of this outline of a person in crystals. Oh, no, but that happens after. Okay, yeah. first, 
Sasha is sitting there looking at this. And then all of a sudden yeah. the dress, Becky's dress starts choking her to death. Yeah. And she has to rip it off. Which, but what I liked about that scene was, I don't think they did any special effects. I think it was entirely her own oh, body. Yeah, yeah. Which I was like, whoa. Yeah, because you don't see it tightening. You just yeah. hear something and then her reaction and yeah. her like, yeah. Yeah, and then she, that was she tears cool. it off and just like totally trashes it trying to get it off of her body. Yeah, that was weird. And yeah. then that's when you see, you, you actually rise up above her, her room into the attic space. And that's where you see the shape of crystals. Wait, that's where it is? It's yes, in her it's house? like in her house above her room in the attic. Whoa, that's so scary. So, I'm so glad I didn't pick up on that at yeah, first. Yeah, and oh it's... Oh my God. So it's in the shape of a person, all these crystals, and there's there's uh, candles up there. So this is a recent thing. And then we see this little hole being made in the ceiling. Yeah. And it op- and then the flash of a scary eye. An eyeball. Yeah. So, because earlier she had said like, what if whoever is watching was watching Becky is watching me now. Yeah, and Yvonne's like, this, nah. And it, yeah, Yvonne's like, that's ridiculous. You have no evidence to suggest that that's Meanwhile, happening. like somebody is literally in her attic watching her. Yeah. Creepy. The end. The end. But you made it. You made it through. I know. I made it through the wilderness. I know. Yes, I made it through. I was amazed. I like, I made it through the entire season as well. I thought I was going to like totally chicken out, but they do. They, there are some jump scares. The, um, the atmospheric music, uh, can to, like, yeah, can that get violin really scary. thing that like really like, yeah. violin like yeah I, I i usually like to enjoy the soundscape of movies but i for my own health i lowered the volume on that oh that's a good um, idea because then it didn't like stress me out so much yeah that's really good yeah idea. but uh but yeah the jump a few jump scares and, and things like that but it's not particularly gory that one that one thing where she like oh, grabs yeah that was gross and there are a few other like kind of gross bits like that but not like a little bit of body horror but nothing's so over the top and yeah. you know it's more about like the creepiness is in the relationships and in the weirdness yeah. of like of her trying to unravel the mystery. Yeah, and I find that so interesting. And I know I keep I keep talking about Get Out, but I find it so interesting the ways in which and like this and I don't I don't know if it's white people that are like running the show, mm-hmm. but the ways in which they're able to sort of like horrify if that makes it horrorify yeah. like <laughs> yeah. whiteness. Yeah. Right? I yeah. find it so fascinating because i think for it takes that sort of like inherent you know alienation mm-hmm. or like alienating aspects of, of sort of like these white relationships and the white nuclear family and, and respectability and you know the sociality of like being sort of the middle upper middle class mm-hmm. white person who like apparently has it all etc cetera, etc cetera, this mobility all of this access blah blah, blah. but it turns it into this trap yeah and yeah, a trap yeah. not only for the white people in it but for anybody else who's like kind of comes within this sort of sphere. And you never know what's really going on. Whereas like with Sasha, Yvonne and Frank and TJ, they're all really real with each other. Like there's like a few things Frank doesn't talk about because he's like, I'm not going to put that on her and she doesn't tell him everything, but they're not like deliberately and calculatingly like hiding things and being deceptive and like playing games within games. Yeah. Whereas like, and they're also not, they also don't, um, like hate on each other. Yeah, and when they're mad that at each other, sense. they're mad at each other. Whereas yeah. like white and people, they talk about it. yeah, these white, all of these white people, they're not really allowed to be mad at each other. Remember when yeah, Marnie so they have to do it all in all these different ways? Yeah, Marnie yeah. was at that the the ceremony, and she says, "Oh my God, what is she doing?" Here? Yeah, the, that Penelope girl. Yeah, and and like her parents were like, "Hey, hey, like you can't express your anger in that way. You have yeah. to hide it, right?" Yeah. And that's like, and that's the same. It's like Penelope never actually said, like Penelope has issues with Marnie and yeah. with Becky and on these other people, but she never actually talks about what those issues. Right, she she said, won't come she out and she say describes it. them as like these anaconda something something assholes or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, this sort of yeah, it turns this lens 
on you know what's supposed to be within our society sort the of this like white supremacist yeah. vision of the ideal family yes and it turns it into this into the horror fucking horror show. that it is yeah and that's the thing so even like whether or not this is written by native people it's from a native perspective because the character it's from that native family perspective right like you don't see like sasha's relationship with frank is not there's no there's no horror there there's no tension beyond the normal you know like his his desire for her to succeed in this particular way but you never yeah. you never get it's that sort of creepy like the, un- you're growing up yeah tension but yeah. you're not like ooh creeped out whereas yeah. like the whole time you meet this family the the Lefevers, you're like everything about their interactions are creepy and wrong and, and like yeah. it's yeah and and actually part of the reason that i love frank too is because he's this huge tatted up native guy from the rest <laughs> and he's so gentle and he's so sweet yeah. and he's so gentle and he's trying so hard and yeah. he's got this friend who's like also this like big buff black dude yeah. and they're just like hanging out and talking about how they're getting these cards for their daughters and they yeah. love so much you know and like that's that's the shit yeah, yeah yeah right and then you've got this like wee weedly little vegan like white guy uh, who's like who's just actually the just, creepiest piece of shit yeah and so overbearing and mm. like authoritarian and yeah yeah anyway <sighs> so i think that we should rate this one out of frank cars frank cars all right because we right. love our frank cars okay so in case you've forgotten because it's been a million years yeah uh, we rate, also, this is so long. I, think I know, this it's is so long. But you've been waiting well, a long time. And also, we've watched two episodes. There you go. There's a lot of content. This is a double header. So we're going to rate it out of one to five Frank cars. One Frank car means it was absolute garbage. You hate it. You would never show it to your worst enemy. You, would you definitely wouldn't drive it. In a vault <laughs> in the center of the earth to eventually be sucked into the molten core and destroyed every single atom turned into vapor. Wow. Um, Five Frank cars means that it was absolutely glorious. You love it so much. Maybe it's short to your cook gum. It's maybe that good, but it's like really incredible. You recommend it to all your friends. Yeah. Chelsea, would you like to start? Uh, Okay. I give it five Frank cars. Um, I might even be like cook related. Like we could maybe rate this. You would. I mean, it would be too scary. It's too scary. Okay. But it depends on the cook It's not cook appropriate. Okay. Yeah. It it depends on the cook Because like, let's be honest, like cook these days are like my age. Like I know plenty That's of cookums my could age. That's true. You could be. Uh, I yeah. could be. I, well, I am because my out, my sister outlaw has a grandchild, so that is also my grandchild. So oh my god! I am basically a cookum. wow. We can give the cookum stamp of approval, uh? like officially. <laughs> Sorry, let me get my light flower kerchief on. Yeah, totally. Um, okay, I'll get you your rain boots. <laughs> uh, this so this series blew me away when I first started hearing about it. Uh, the fact that there was a like a native woman lead for this like that was super exciting never seen that before in something that wasn't trauma porn I have seen a lot of native actors in things um, you know like moccasin flats and you know things like that where it's it's really focused on sort of like native dysfunction Mm -hmm. and this isn't and and anyway I didn't know that at first uh, but the only thing that stopped me from watching it right away was I am a I am a wimp. I was really scared. The trailers were terrifying. But I was like, you know what? I got to give this a shot anyway. And I'm really, really glad that I did. Because the, like like I said, the character development is astounding. Uh, there's You don't get the sense that any of these characters are cartoonish. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they kind of are. Like the white bad guys are kind of cartoonish. It's ridiculous. But... Um, but there is some complexity there, but who cares about them? More importantly, the portrayals of indigeneity in this are so, even if it's not 100% perfect, because like, I'm not Diné, so I can't say when they screw up with the pronunciation or they represent something that isn't totally accurate. And I have heard from Diné who are like, meh, but we love it anyway. 
Um, but a lot of this stuff really resonated with me in these like little ways. And that's the thing is I appreciate so often indigeneity is portrayed in these like big ways, like these really symbolic ways that are legible to non-indigenous people. And here there were like these little things that I felt were, were again for us to mm -hmm. see and, and, and enjoy. Um, I think that Sasha is just this incredibly complex, wonderful character, uh, just amazing acting. Uh, I'm so upset that there is not going to be a second season. I really hope they change their mind on that because you haven't, like, I hope you watch the rest of this, but you know, it definitely, like all, all seasons cliffhanger and you're like, oh, I need to know the rest. Like, I really, I don't care. Maybe like somebody take it up and do like a web version fan like fiction. do some comic books this is why this is why jesus invented fan fiction for real i will read the crap out of that fan fiction uh but i really want to see this actress in other things um so yeah it was how often do we get to see a female lead with any lines showing any agency the answer is never never, never see that literally never and i hope that this sort of extension into the horror genre like one of the things that has been so uplift uplifting lately particularly um in literature is the way that indigenous peoples are sort of like spreading out into every genre we are everywhere now it's not just like trauma memoir you know there's mysteries there's romance i, I definitely I'm there's so excited there are oh my god the harlequin native romances yes yeah. like so we are everywhere we're in horror and like i love that i love yeah. that so much and this for me represents just sort of like a, a high standard mm -hmm. of, of that and i want to see more of it so yeah five and and give me another season of chambers yeah. please I'm also gonna have to give it a five out of five Frank Cars. I honestly, I was, I was like, should I give it? Because I'm like, I hate horror so much. I don't, mm -hmm. I don't hate horror, but like, I can't watch it. Yeah. And so I was like, maybe I should, because I like, I would love to. See, I've seen something like this that's not horror. Mm -hmm. Um, but like, it was on. It was so good. I have to give it five. Like, yeah. it was so good. I honestly, like, going into it, basically knowing the the very most superficial premise. Yeah. She gets a heart transplant. Weird stuff starts happening, and it's a native lead. I honestly thought it was just going to be a native leave, but that she would just be native yeah. and like everything else would just be whatever. Yeah. But the fact that there's so much incredibly detail oriented context and they build this environment and they mm -hmm. build this backstory, the world that she's living in, there's so much amazing intention put into it and detail and it feels so natural yeah. and so relatable. Yeah. Like that's where, you know, like that got me, like even if the plot sucked, which I it didn't be there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, but yeah. That, and that's just like yeah. the plot is so interesting. Yeah. And you were totally right. Like that main character, like Sasha, is such a complex, mm -hmm. nuanced young woman. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you're totally right. Like, you know, she has lines. I feel like, yeah, just oh. I'd get a five out of five, just the fact that she has lines. I know. She's a native woman lead and she has lines. Yeah. It has taken five <laughs> years, but we have arrived. It has yes. happened. Yes. Um, you know, so so that the fact that, you know, the the start of the show is about her losing her virginity in a way that doesn't feel exploitative. Yes. It doesn't feel creepy or porny or exploitative yeah. in any way, right? It's just, it's like, it's about her agency. It's about her getting what she wants and needs. It's about her having a strong, healthy relationship with her partner and whatever that ends up looking like throughout sort of all of this other stuff that I'm sure happens in the show. Like that is a really strong beginning. It shows yeah. a good healthy masculinity, a good healthy female sexual identity, and a good relationship between the two mm -hmm, of them. Mm -hmm. That we've also never seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ever. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, that's so important. It shows strong, healthy relationship with his father figure, Frank. It shows him working really hard to have a strong, healthy relationship with his daughter, you know, whoever, like, however they're related, she's mm-hmm. his daughter. Yeah. Um, you know, the tension, the, the, the kinds of tension they're able to, to build and hold. Uh, they're, they're, the ways that they're able to sort of like visually and contextually and narratively comment on whiteness and class mm-hmm. and the way that those things interact and, and how all of these characters are navigating these. Like, it was incredible yeah, there to was watch. So it was much. fascinating. There was so There's much. so much going on. The and writing also, is so good. She's a black native main character, too. Yeah. Like, when ever did, has did, that ever happened? And, and her, her best friend... My brain, that's my brain explaining. And her best friend is this like black like teenager and they're just like, this like dynamic a hacking genius. I know, I know. Like, so like these are, these are not just like the main characters, like, like sort of like they really are. They yeah. drive the narrative. And, and that's the thing is like, I find that in a lot of shows there are female main characters, but they really make it about the men. Yes. Yes. That happens a lot. Yeah. But in this, it's it seems, really... it almost seems like they're deliberately cutting off those avenues. Yeah. Right. At least for now, they're really, yeah. really centering Sasha. Yeah. Like the entire time. Yeah. And they're centering Sasha. And then we sort of see that expand into the relationship between Sasha and Yvonne. Yeah. Right. Especially in that second episode. So I don't know. And <sighs> so like good. all of the things yeah. that you said, plus all of that, plus just like, you know, it's not just about having that representation. Yeah. Right. Because you can put, you know, James Cameron can make another, another <laughs> avatar and it could be voiced entirely by native people and yeah. it would still be an appropriate piece of shit. Absolutely. Right. It's not just about representation. It's about how people are represented. Yeah what these environments are. Representation goes beyond just having a native face Mm -hmm. or a native voice or something. It's about how these people are living. Yeah. Right? What that context is. And I honestly, I gotta say, I wasn't expecting it to be this good. Yeah. So the fact that it was, like, I'm just, I'm so excited. I do want to watch the rest of it. Yeah. I don't know if I have the guts. You do. I'm gonna have to figure it out. You do. This is my own tension I need to navigate. We definitely need a second season. We definitely, definitely need a second season. It's an absolute crime. And I didn't fully understand why everybody was so mad on Twitter, but I... Now you get Now it? I am also yes. mad. I know. I'm ready to be mad on Twitter about this. All right. Awesome. Oh, thank you for joining us this fine afternoon <laughs> on Otopemsu Skoywa Kizikizikuk. Métis in space. 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 Space.